Welcome to The Art of Business. I'm your host, Eric Baker. I sit down with entrepreneurs right here in Dade City and the surrounding areas to find out about their backgrounds, how they built their businesses, and what their secrets for success are. Today, I'm joined with Mr. Greg Goody. Greg is the general manager of Kumquat Growers Incorporated. Kumquat Growers Incorporated are the largest producer of kumquats and kumquat products in the entire country. They are located at 31647 Goody Road. That's G-U-D-E Road in Dade City, Florida. Kumquat Growers Incorporated are fourth and fifth generation Florida farmers. In 1883, their grandparents came to settle in the community now known as St. Joseph. Most of the St. Joseph residents grew strawberries, citrus, and vegetables. Residents began growing kumquats in 1914. Today, St. Joseph is known as the kumquat capital of the world, and the annual kumquat festival in Dade City, Florida, draws over 40,000 attendees each year. Greg and I discuss some of the challenges they've faced in the industry, how they've secured funding in the early stages, how they hired their first employee, what he predicts to be the future of the kumquat industry, and a whole plethora of other topics. But first, Greg explains to us what exactly a kumquat is. A kumquat is a citrus-like fruit. It's a, it's a smaller than an egg. It's oval in shape, and it is eaten peeling and all. The inside is tart. And the outside is sweet. So it's kind of the opposite of an orange. My father always referred to it as nature's sweet tart. And they... um, they grow, they bloom, they're, they're a relative of citrus, they're different than an orange because they um, bloom in May, June, July, August, and September. So they have multiple blooms on them, unlike oranges bloom one time, normally between March and April. Sure. Um, and they, you know, when you harvest them, you're, you're pretty well much are done once you harvest them once. Yeah. Well, in kumquats, they ripen in different stages, so they have to be hand-picked. Okay. Then they're brought in. They were originally used for decorations. Sure. Um, back in the early 1900s, they were used in citrus boxes up into the into the 1970s and 80s and even 90s. They were used in citrus boxes. When they ship a box of citrus home, they would have these kumquats in there. But with disease and everything that's gone on, sure. we ended up we ended up having to quit shipping with leaves. So we had to build. How to identify, re-identify what a kumquat was, its uses. Um, it's big use. One of the big things that originally was used for, of course, was eating itself mm-hmm. because you eat the whole fruit. The other thing was it was made marmalades and jellies and chutney and some other little little items that they did. But its main whole preserved kumquats, its main use was kind of um, if you eat one and then you have a little sip of water between between um between level or different plates on your different servings on your plate yeah you would you would it would cleanse your palate so when you went into the next item your mouth would be refreshed and cleaned okay um and that's the way the asians and the chinese and the japanese used the kumquat was it was always a bowl of them on the table there also were used um, in Chinese New Year's, Chinese New Year's is the 13th moon. It's normally the first moon in, in January, or late January, early February. Okay. Um, they celebrate that. It's a big New Year's celebration. 
they hand each other. They had some week long celebration with the last day being the the have the the Chinese New Year's, and it represents the different um, signs of their calendar. I, I don't know okay. what this year's was, but it, the different signs in theirs. You know, sometimes it's dog and sure. well, all the cat and whatever else yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah. But um, we used to send branches um eight to ten inches long to New York, um for that, and it it was it. To them, is like our Christmas tree. You know, they would hand uh, hand you a branch of kumquats, and by the determinant of how many ripe, colored, green they were, would determine your health and wealth and in okay. the and fortune in the new coming year. Okay. So they were very, very big about that. Yeah. That was one of our big things that we did. Huh. Of course, when disease came in, um, you know, we lost that. Uh, the citrus canker was the first thing that that kicked us, and that was. That was after the 1983-85 freeze. In about 1987, citrus canker was noted throughout the state, and they quarantined the whole state. By quarantining, we could no longer ship kumquats without leaves. Mm. Um, To kind of give you history back to how kumquats were originally done, the old farmers would go out. They'd take their family out there. They'd pick their kumquats. Then they'd haul them down to the train station in, in San Antonio or in Blanton or in Dade City, and they would leave the leave them there. Um, when my father was 18 years old, back to be about 1948, um, they would do train car loads of them in San Antonio. They'd go down there and fill train car loads, and that's a lot of kumquats. Yeah. And they were with leaves. They were normally picked with one to two leaves and just the fruit. Now, that was used strictly for decorations, but people up north, you know, they don't throw anything away. Yeah. So they made tea out of the leaves. Um, I don't know that that's really a good thing to do, but they <laughs> okay. did. They use the fruit to make marmalades and jellies. You can also use it as you would a lemon. You could cut it, slice it, put it in water, um, put it over some fish or some pork or as a tenderizer. Um, a big thing they were used later in life was the old honey baked hams. They would you would see this little tiny orange kind of dried up, shriveled up yeah. fruit and the honey. Yeah. That was a kumquat. Okay? okay. And they used to buy a lot of kumquats from us. Um, then they would, like I said, they whole preserved them. They put them up in a um, in the late fifties, early sixties, seventies, eighties. They put them in a brine solution, which was sulfur dioxide and water. And so that way, during the off season, they could make their marmalades and jellies. Okay. Because back in the heyday, before the eighty three, eighty five freeze, there were little tiny fruit stands all over, up and down all the roads, all the small towns, all the crossroads. You saw a little. Um, citrus stand there yeah. and in that citrus stand they'd have a little tiny room sometimes might may, might not bigger be bigger than eight by ten yeah. and in there they'd have marmalade and jelly but one thing they'd always have they'd always had kumquat marmalade uh-huh. that was kind of the the go-to thing okay and you know remember it doesn't have the bitter peel so when you leave that peel in there as a marmalade it makes it sweet so you know as time gotcha. our biggest industry really though was always selling the wholesale fruit okay um, we sold it to um, grocery stores um, as time went on the business to give you a little history about kumquat growers my father and um was well we that was in 1970 70 early 71 late 70 early 71 his friend that had a kumquat business where our current packing house was was being transferred out of dade city with american can he was being moved up to tennessee Mm. so 
he had started a kumquat business and he had kind of built our shed our originally it's now our gift shop he had kind of built that and he um he was moving so he told my dad hey you want this business you know it's for sale dad says well i don't really have the money to buy it but let me see what I can do. So he went and found four four of his cousins, friends. You know, back then you you were in St. Joe, you were either a cousin or a friend or both. You know, <laughs> sure. so he went and found these four other guys, and they formed Kumquat Growers, and that was in June of 1971. Um, so our first season was. 71 72 last year was our 50th season that we had been in as time went on they started and it was kind of run as a part-time business it wasn't anybody's primary primary income because they all had jobs um two of the original founders were in the chicken business they raised eggs um one of the other one of the other guys was a carpenter um another one was a um was a salesman at a lumber company um, and my dad worked for the LP gas company. Um, so he was a, he was a sales manager, manager of the LP gas company. And he, um, delivered fuel all times of the night and all kinds. But my mother really kind of ran the business. Um, after the first few years, she ran the business because she didn't, she was a stay at home mom. I had six brothers, so we had a pretty good workforce there. Sure. And every one of those families that were involved in it, their kids all worked and their cousins and every there again, everybody, everybody that was anybody came there because it made you Christmas money because we would start in November and we would run normally till just before Christmas and then we'd kind of okay. shut down. Okay. Um, harvesting was the biggest problem. Harvesting's still one of the biggest problems there are. Okay. Um, we didn't have, uh, you know, we could get harvesters in the very beginning, but the minute orange season started up, we would lose our harvesters. Okay. So us as kids, we'd come home from school, get off the school bus, we'd look down and see if there were picking sacks. Well, we didn't ride a school bus. Well, later in life we did, <laughs> but we walked home from school, yeah. went uphill both ways. <laughs> um, but um, we... Uh, we, we, we would get home, and if the picking sacks were there and the clippers, we knew we had to go cup, go pick some kumquats. Sure. If it didn't, then it meant we had to go up to the packing house and make boxes gotcha. because everything was packaged in a, in a box that held 16 quarts of kumquats with leaves. So as time went on and, you know, things changed and the business got kind of bigger and bigger after the 83 freeze, the other two companies that were involved in the kumquat business out there, they went out of business. Okay. And then as time went on, we branched out a little bit, bought some more land, planted some more kumquats. Um, we got into, we got into some retail. We had a little store called Katie's country corner. Well, after the 83, 85 freeze, when kumquats kind of, because all those fruit stands closed down, kumquats kind of lost their identity, hmm. my mother created the kumquat pie. Um, it is a simple pie to make. It consists of Cool Whip, sweetened condensed milk, lemon juice, and kumquats, okay. and a pie shell. That's yeah. all you need. Anybody can make it okay. if you have the ingredients. It yeah. doesn't take a it doesn't take a, a baker to do it because yeah. believe me, I'm not a baker and I make many of them. <laughs> um, but we started promoting the pie, the marmalade, the jelly on our labels in our little pint clamshell that we sell to Publix. 
and other grocery chains, um, you open it up and it gives you the kumquat pie recipe and the marmalade recipe and how they are and what they're, you know, how to use them. Or also it refers to our website where you can come and find more information, which is kumquatgrowers.com. Yes, sir. Um, and by doing that, we promoted this pie. Then they developed the Kumquat Festival 25 years ago. This was the 25th in 2022. So I'd have to do the back math to come back to figure out yeah, what year it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, they developed the Kumquat Festival because Dade City was looking for something to bring the people to Dade City. Okay. Um, by then, my father had retired, and I was also a fireman, so I worked a day and was off too. So I kind of became the general manager of the place, but with me and my father both working. He had retired from the community college. He also had a military retirement. Sure. So he was kind of set. There again, it didn't. It was nobody's you know, primary income. Even myself, it was a secondary job. Okay. Um, so as time went on... Um, we with this with the kumquat festival they wanted the city wanted to have a festival they didn't know when to do it so these three ladies got together they went out to lunch they were sitting there and they were talking and about this festival and the one lady was wearing one of our kumquat grower shirt that had our emblem on the side and they're saying well you know what are we going to do what what how what were we going to call this festival and someone you know was that was sitting around there saw, saw the shirt and overheard their conversation well why don't you do it with about kumquats yeah. nobody knows what a kumquat is yeah. well it got very very popular okay you know yeah. people want to know what a kumquat is you sure. hear the word you yeah. hear it in shows somebody yep. you know wc fields as my yep. little kumquat he yep. referred yep. to his wife as yep you know she so we all know what she was she was sweet on the outside hard <laughs> on the inside so you know um so as that time went on you know our problem always had been labor. You know, we use kids and children. And, you know, um, if you were related to us, which most people in St. Joe were related to the Goody's, Newhoffers, Bartles. Um, so you kind of fit in one of those categories. You worked there before, after, on, uh, before, uh, after school. Um, on the weekends any holiday there was you were you were able to work at the packing house and you did anything from out in the grove picking kumquats Uh to coming in and actually helping us pack helping us load and unload trucks and doing all the things that we ended up doing sure um as time went on things changed we had to do things different um like i said when we got into the citrus canker um we had to sell this product that was without leaves Mm -hmm. nobody knew what it was Mm -hmm. the kumquat pie was one of the big things and everybody makes pies all over the place now my mother had the original kumquat pie recipe and everybody's altered it and um, bastardized it and and done whatever (laughs) to change it a little bit and i did too our rosemary kumquat pie that we made that we make we make it um, you know, we make it any time. We, we make 250 of them at a time, basically. Um, and then we wholesale them and, and retail them out of our shop and out of other areas, other places in um, St. Joe, Dade City, um, San Antonio, and also even over in, in Trinity wow. um, at different shops that, that we have um, that are carrying the pie now. And we named that after my mother. Well, just 
Um, back a couple of weeks ago, Pasco County declared it with the tourism board that it was going to be the, the sports coast pie, uh, Pasco's pie. And then the county commissioners jumped on board and now it is considered Pasco County's pie. Their <laughs> premier pie, their official pie is really? the kumquat pie. Um, yes that that just just happened um so we went to a a county commission meeting that was in the old courthouse in dade city which is one of the quaint things about dade city and one of the neatest things it's got one of these old-fashioned brick courthouses and if you've never seen it you need to come see it because it is beautiful yeah and you know it's just it was built in the I think the early 1900s, and of course it was added on to, and then they went in um, when Sylvia Young was commissioner, and she had them restored back to its almost original state. Okay. So they still hold county commission meetings there. They're, there's, they're held one, one Tuesday um, here in Dade City, and then the other Tuesday they're held over in Newport Ritchie. Okay. So, you know, we have a difference in our county where we have to have meetings in two different places. <laughs> sure. I don't know of any other county that does that, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, we are in Pasco County. Yeah, so. yes, sir, yes, sir, so, yes, sir. Um, but anyway, getting back to the kumquats, <laughs> as time went on, you know, the kumquat pie is probably one of the biggest things, most exciting things. Now they're making beer. Um, that's another little story that we'll get to in a little bit okay um then the marmalade we make 17 different 18 different products now okay we make kumquat marmalade kumquat jam kumquat pepper kumquat ginger kumquat uh salsa kumquat with with um kumquat jam with strawberry kumquat jam with strawberry and blueberry kumquat jam with peach holy cow Um, we make a salsa we make a hot salsa we make a vinaigrette dressing (laughs) we make a um a a chutney um and we now have a hot sauce that we just released this past year was the first first hot sauce and it is truly a hot hot sauce okay our products are manufactured or processed in georgia Georgia, we take the puree up there um because it's done off season and Mm. you know it's easier for them to do it than for us to put in a jelly room um and they created they've helped us create a lot of our recipes um oh we have a come what marinade too i forgot about the marinade marinade okay Mm -hmm. jeez and that marinade actually is a recipe that was a um Cuban old Cuban recipe a friend of mine from Cuba's mother a grandmother's recipe for a merit for a um uh, marinade and it used sour orange well we removed the sour orange and put kumquat in okay kumquat juice and so that you know we altered it to do that so that recipe really is kind of a bastardized recipe sure, of sure. an old 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 Cuban marinade moho whatever you want to call them that's what they call them is moho okay and all the marinade so yeah it's great with chicken it's great with fish um and you can do little chicken chicken thighs or chicken legs and marinate them and then put them in the oven or put them on the barbie with the grill or even fry them in a put them in a pan and just cook them up and it it is it is one of the best things we've had i i've liked it for years my kids aren't real fond of everything i do but (laughs) i am but um, you know, so those are those are what we've done. Now that has all been wow. to help promote and push kumquats <clears throat> to teach people what to do with them. Sure. Um, Twenty five years ago, 
when we started the kumquat festival we used to give away probably close to 15 bushels of kumquats that we would let people try mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and there's about a thousand kumquats in a bushel of kumquats so really if you figure wow. each person trying and that was done at the kumquat festival mainly or if we had some other markets that we went to um, we would let people taste taste and try kumquats. Sure. Um, we went did stuff at the state fair. We did stuff at different some other fairs, Pasco Fair. Yeah. Um, up at the um, uh, Moultrie Moultrie Ag Expo, we were up there for five years in a row, letting people identifying people, and we taught people and people up there actually planted kumquats and do grow kumquats up in those regions up in southern Georgia. Okay. Um, kumquats can be grown from key west to southern middle georgia um not commercially they're we're the only place that are being grown commercially in the state of florida right now oh really we're not saying we're we're always going to be but right now um we have about six thousand trees planted which is equivalent to about 60 acres of kumquats like i said now you pick them five times so that's like picking 300 acres of kumquats sure not not um you know of course we were damaged in 2012 we started we had a decline in our trees we didn't know what was going on by 2015 we were wiped out all of our trees that some of them were as old as 80 years old right died in that died from the disease um we replanted we thought we had everything great 2017 that we planted in March and then we planted again in October. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2018, we had a backdoor sneak freeze that snuck in, mm-hmm. and it was only supposed to be 28 degrees. It ended up being 20 degrees for just a short period of time, mm-hmm. but they were young, baby, little tiny trees, so right. they got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then we've just been fighting what had messed with us was the citrus, citrus, um, citrus root weevil, which they come in and they 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 come in they were originally brought here from puerto rico in 1965 they were controlled with two chemicals chlordane and another one called aldine or aldine or something to that nature okay. both those chemicals have been have been outlawed um it's illegal to <coughs> sell them in the, in the united states okay but um they eradicated them then well what happened was the shelf life or the turn the life of chlordane was about 30 years at a third life Mm. um a quarter life i mean and so if you did the math from the time we we the last time we used it which would have been 86 to 89 Mm. you know they started dying close Mm -hmm. to 30 years later Mm -hmm. (coughs) um and so what happened was this beetle this beetle comes in it mates with a female the female goes flies to a tree she lays eggs then she flies to the next tree and lays eggs the eggs turn into a little larvae she can lay from 40 to 600 eggs at a time so she lays these eggs they turn into larvae they fall on the ground they find something they burrow down the edge of the tree mm-hmm. eating the bark along the way mm-hmm. they go down they go around the tap root mm. which is what is dependent the tree is dependent on in times of drought sure. or you know moisture issues and then from there then they go back and travel out on all the little all the little roots and feeder roots and they dig little troughs along the edge of them well that allows foot rot to get in so uh, by 2016 we had no trees on the property oh my we God. were down to a minimal 
Um, but after freezes and everything, we kind of got our back on our feet. We're getting there. We're still having some issues. Sure. Um, you know, I had a little bout with COVID last year. Yes, sir. Wasn't allowed to do anything in the grove this past summer, and the trees saw it this year. You could tell that they had lost their baby and then pampering that I had been giving them. Yeah. Um, we're still, you know, on our on our road to recovery. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the hardest thing has been labor, and labor is always hard. Sure. You know, you it's it's hard work for the harvesters to go out there and harvest the free. Oh, I bet. We were we were blessed. Um, forty years ago, we had a family come to us and they wanted to pick kumquats they didn't want to pick oranges because it was too you know the oranges were too heavy Mm -hmm. they would do it after we got done with kumquats normally in january they would go and pick the oranges but Mm -hmm. they really started so they got together a crowd a a group of people and they were migrants and they would come stay here we helped them form a, a home homestead here um, and got them, you know, established. Yeah. Got them to where their families would come during the harvest season. Yeah. And at one time they were picking three to four to five hundred bushel a day. Okay. <laughs> Holy in cow. our peak, in our peak year, we picked eighteen thousand five hundred bushel, and that's without leaves. That's. Um, and there's a thousand kumquats per bushel. There's a thousand kumquats <clears throat> per bushel, Jeez. and they weigh 45 pounds a piece. Wow! So if you do the math, it was tonnage. Yeah, big sure. tonnage. Sure, sure. Um, that's why we could claim that we were the world's largest. Yes, sir. <coughs> even even last year, we picked 45 45,000 pounds of kumquats. <laughs> Jeez. Um, over 45,000, close yeah. to close to almost almost 5000 45 almost 50000 uh-huh. um because you know i mean you know we we the trees like it they grow they put their fruit on like they're supposed to yeah um we've had a lot of issues a lot of problems we're doing you know we used to in the old days we could plant a tree out there it would grow you'd fertilize it water it you take care of it the first year after that it would just grow and grow and put fruit on it just more and more and more every year you know? yeah now it don't work that way okay. <laughs> you got to go out there you know hi tree you know yeah. nice to see you you know i love you yeah. i love you let's let's you know please help me right. don't die on me please yeah and we're still losing trees and you said you could you could pick them multiple times we pick so they grow back quickly they, well the fruit the fruit has different stages remember i talked about the five yes, months sir. that they bloom mm-hmm. so the you pick the first crop in early november mm-hmm. the second one in you know from november from from early november from mid-november to late and then you just okay it okay. basically falls through your five months that's why we can run from from november to normally april gotcha um, i see i see know, so so and then what we would do is um kind of one of the things when we were really booming and rocking and rolling we just throw 10 percent of our product away now we paid the picking we paid the grower, mm-hmm. we paid the hauling, mm-hmm. paid the processing, mm-hmm. and we didn't back charge them like the citrus industry does because mm. the citrus industry would back charge and make that money up. Mm. What we would do is we would take the, the fruit and we would feed it to our cattle. Sure, sure. Because it was we couldn't do nothing with it anyway. Well, I had a guy come and he talked to me and he said, um, you know, if you analyze a kumquat and you – have the the I don't the makeup of a kumquat and hops are basically the they're almost mirrored. They're you know they both have bitter. They you know it's the same. He was looking for something cheaper to make his beer out of. Okay. With the hops, I had a surplus of kumquats at the time. Yeah. So 
I said, well, you know, um, you know, here, go see what you can do. You come to me and, you know, they were already doing kumquat flavored beers all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, so he kind of got me going down this road of, of processing these kumquats, putting them in our pure, using our puree instead of using the whole kumquats like he initially wanted to do. Okay. Um, he could take this kumquat puree and and make his beer and then flavor his beer with it okay. and make a kumquat beer. Yeah, um, it got very popular. There were it. The guy wrote an article and it got published. And um, Tampa Bay Brewing, of course, um, entered theirs into one of the national contests, and the quat ran won first place the first year they ran. No way. And then it, you know, placed second multiple years after that. Yeah. Um, so Tampa Bay Brewing makes a, makes a quat beer. It is available at Publix and some other places also, you know, the um, some of the local stores in, around sure. here. Sure. Um, and some of the other, they also carry it at their, at their two breweries, um, the one in West Chase and the one in Tampa. Okay. Um, but they weren't the only dog in town. There were a lot of dogs in town. Okay. Well, when we lost everything, we lost that. But I kind of had a – I was using that as a um, as a way of getting people to remember kumquats. Sure. Because I knew we, we had lost everything, and we had already done that one time and had to recover and rebuild it. So I figured if, if – um, <coughs> Excuse me. If I um, got these young guys that were going out here spending seven dollars for a beer, and we got the guys to have kumquat beer, that they would flip open their phone and see what a kumquat was, yeah. find out it's an edible fruit. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're young guys. <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to say they were 18 to 25, but <laughs> let's say they were 21 to 27. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, by the time we would get back on our feet, which was five to seven years, they would be now married with children. Uh huh. Sure. Almost their kids in school. Mm -hmm. If they had kids, they would have their kids in school. Mm -hmm. They'd walk down the aisle. They'll see the Publix. They'd be in Publix. They'd see the kumquats sitting there. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Let's buy some of those. Gotcha. So I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. Genius. I mean, you Genius. know, it was so it it worked. It works. It's still working. Um, mm -hmm. I can't supply all the brewers with all the kumquats that they need because I just don't have the availability of it. Wow. Um, but we've been able to keep you know certain breweries going with with the kumquat in Dade City. The little gym um, is a kumquat that's made with the sweet kumquat. Um, it is it is they're just getting to where um, I think in the next couple months they're going to be able to branch out and get in distribution um, in the stores and and um, bars and stuff to that nature. Wow. Um, but it's a, it's a good little beer. The Like I said, the Quat beer at Tampa Bay Brewing is excellent. Huh. Um, there's also several other breweries that have kumquat beer around here. I can't remember all of them. Yeah. But <coughs> during the festival... They all came out of the woodwork. There were, I think, five different beer, quat beers in there. They also had a kumquat cider. Um, they had a kumquat wine that ta that Dade City Brew House had, no had made really? a kumquat wine. We had a guy that used to make it. Um, the pandemic killed him because he would sell his wine. He had he was a fireman and he got injured and anyway retired and 
disability and he built him a winery up in Interlochen and, and he was doing real well. He was going around and doing the um doing the the um Renaissance festivals and selling his mead and his wine. Yeah. You know, well when the pandemic came in, you know, those that was something that they they were gone till sure. just recently they sure. opened up. So how could you live without any income? For, right. You know, yeah, he kept his winery open but it just wasn't enough to so he sold his winery and and he was the one that used to make the beer, the wine for the for the kumquat festival mm, and also mm. for the local people around here to, that that carried it to sell mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um this year they made 80, 80 cases of wine and they sold every one of them they sold out within two weeks of the festival wow um so there i told him well next year you need to make 200 yeah sure bottles sure, 200 sure. bottles of wine yeah so, cases of wine i mean so so that's their plan so right. that they have it a lot longer that's awesome but you know it's it's the kumquat industry is a neat thing um i've spoke in um i've spoken uh, several other foreign countries and i used to speak at disney at the food and wine at a at a little thing they had that was called the um um back to the basics okay it was a show that they used to put on in the in the old um globe the big the I've big done golden it. globe yeah 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 and um i would i was allowed to you know have a back to basics and we did about kumquats and and it was always neat when you were done to talk to the people and you know they oh when they were a kid their 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 mother their mother you would come to florida their aunt uncle sisters cousins first someone would come to florida and bring back kumquats or they would come to florida and there would be a kumquat tree in the neighborhood and little stories all the stories but i Ran into a um, Chinese guy, and he was telling me, he said, you know, about the kinkan is what they refer to the kumquat as. Um, and the um, he he was telling me, oh, we use those for cough drops. I'm like, really? So the next year when I was there, he happened to come when I was there. Yeah. The same time, or, you know, the, the time, I don't know if he planned his by when I was there or what, but he came and he handed me a bag of these dried kumquats and what they do is they take the kumquats and they put them in a jar big you know like a big giant water jug like we like the um water bottles for for zephyr hills bottled water machines sure sure. and you fill it up and then they fill it with salt and they let it sit for two years okay then they drain the salt out of it and then they use the kumquats for cough drops interesting and so that was kind of a neat neat thing to learn yeah um he also introduced me to a or another girl introduced me to a kumquat tea which the kumquat tea is a is you take 10 kumquats you slice them in half you um heat it bring it to a boil and then let it seep and then you put it in in a jar mason jar with a lid and you drink it six ounces at a time until it's gone yeah. and you make several batches of that and it will get rid of a cold really? it is amazing i had no idea amazing. kumquats were this widely Kumquat, used kumquats are high in vitamin c high in potassium high in fiber they're also anti antioxidants they're very very they're a super fruit they're higher than blueberries and grapes and all the other things that they mm-hmm. claim to be mm-hmm. um they also will help you lose weight because there's um there's chemicals that are in there that that react with your fat of course it 
I guess it did well with me because I'd probably be a lot bigger man if I didn't eat as many kumquats as <laughs> But they tell you to eat two of them before a meal. Okay. Um, and that they they will help you with digestion. Interesting. Um, Interesting. There's just a lot more that we don't know about them. I mean, yeah. they're just a mystical Sounds fruit. Sounds like it, and yeah. there's, there's, you know, I mean, if you as a country or as a as a nationality almost worship the kumquat it's got to be for a reason sure it had to had to have something special i mean i'd love to try to find the real story to it but i don't have time to go to china and learn yeah right and right now we don't really want to go to china yeah right 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 (laughs) that's for sure that's for sure i well i do look a little german so i probably could get away with it (laughs) (laughs) but um you know it's 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 been a bumpy road the hardest part the hardest part is just not being able to pay. I mean, we used to pay back in the day when it was $3 minimum wage. We paid $5, $6. Mm-hmm. We double minimum wage. Sure. Well, do you think I could do that now? Right, I can't right. afford double minimum right, wage. Right, sure, sure. You know? Sure. And minimum wage in Florida is not $15. Right. It's $10. Right. I raised everybody's wages last year to $10 an hour in November. Really? After it passed. Yeah giving them a boost so this sure. year i would raise them to 11 sure we would be a dollar over minimum wage sure they were making two dollars and some change over minimum wage last year sure well they come to you and they want 15 dollars an hour that's what everybody's paying yeah i can't afford right. i set my right. price on right. on 11 dollars an hour to you know and that's what i'm paying you that's not all the all the government money that we got to you know right. workers comp unemployment sure um sure you know social security all yep. the other things that have to be added yep. the insurance the, yep. you know yep. the um all the all the little the little hidden things that are in there that, that people don't understand yep. and that's the hardest part about business is labor is your expense yeah you know in anything you do yep. it's you know, we had an opportunity in 2015 to mechanize. Mm. And I looked at my father, and we had the money back then to do it. And I looked at my father, and I looked at our line. And our line was um, full of hardworking people, the retirees, or, you know, they had they didn't have to either work lawn care or something. But there was we had a packing house. We had 15 of them in there. We worked two shifts. I mean, mm. we, you know, and I looked at that, and I said, you know, we're taking and we're sending these people they're here working they're taking this money they're going and buying groceries they're buying this they're buying that in pasco county we're getting the money from all over the nation all some of it from overseas and mm-hmm. canada mm-hmm. um even south and central america mm. um and it's coming to little old pasco county but it's being spent in pasco county we sure. bought as much as we could in pasco hillsborough hernando mm-hmm. we we supported our local people sure if we mechanized we don't need but six of those people Mm-hmm. or maybe five mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we're gonna line our pockets right. not theirs right so <laughs> we didn't mechanize <laughs> yeah right 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 yeah yeah you know yeah so you know now 15 dollars an hour you know what i wish i wish i'd have bought the machine yeah you know right because then yeah. i could have paid them 15 dollars sure but i'd only been working you know six of them instead of working 15 15 right right <laughs> And I mean, we're not to the, we're not even to the working six of them every week. I mean, we used to run every day. We ran six days a week Mm -hmm. from the first week of November, normally until 
we took Thanksgiving Day off. Normally, the day before Thanksgiving, we were still doing some packing and stuff. Mm-hmm. We went right back to work on Black Friday. We never knew what Black Friday. <laughs> yeah. It was actually one of our busier days because we're loading for we were loading for Christmas, mm. and we worked. We ran just seven days a week till the twenty first of December. Yeah. The twenty first of December. Normally, there was they used to call it a trucking embargo. That because so all the truckers could be home for Christmas. Sure, makes so, sense. Makes you know, sense. Yeah. You know, we knew that was the 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 tenth, ninth, or tenth of December, mm-hmm. busiest day we'd ever have. Yeah. We pick, we packed, picked, and packed four four hundred four hundred bushels of kumquats a day, three and four hundred for that wow. few days in there. Um, you know, we had semis coming in and out of our plant. We had we were meeting trucks all kinds of hours and you know, and it was a family business so nobody was getting rich you know, yeah, sure. and it was a part time business you know, it it didn't run three hundred sixty five days a year. Um, I've I've been like I said I've kind of been running the show for the last you know fifteen twenty years with mm-hmm. my father. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, as time and age he's ninety two years old ninety two years young. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. And he's still fit, and he could still come up there and work with me, but he opts not to. And, you know, because it's not an everyday deal, you know, and all he could see now is the money and, oh, you know, we got to, we, you know, we got to conserve our money because we got to make sure we get through till next year. Right. I mean, we had to sell land to stay in business. We've had to cut really? corners. Luckily, we had those good years and we had enough reserve sure. so that we could get to where we are today because we had to start all over it's not like a strawberry guy goes out there and plants a plant and he gets a strawberry off of it six months later Mm -hmm. you know we plant a tree we've got five years before we get enough to really say hey we're making some profit off of that tree sure (coughs) and that care is you know a lot but it's a it's an exciting little fruit it kind of perks up a lot of a lot of a lot of neat conversations along yeah. the way, and and I enjoy that part of it. We one story here. I got thousands of stories. We can be here for the next three or four days. You may have to have multiple <laughs> podcasts of this, you know, That's over fine. and over and over. Sure, sure. But um, you know, there was a guy who was telling us him and his wife were at the Georgia Georgia Mountain Fair, and he had a kumquat grower shirt that we sell our shirts at the packing house and they're either orange or green we don't real orange is my favorite so yeah. everything's orange yeah um it's my favorite color of course it the green is that comes from the orange works pretty good too, so. <laughs> <laughs> but um anyway um so he was wearing a shirt and somebody's asking well you know what's a kumquat so he starts talking now he had you know come to the packing house several times and he knew what a kumquat was so he started his wife sitting there after about 30 minutes, now it's not just him and this couple that asked him about kumquats. Now it's about eight to ten other people that Crowd have stepped, yeah. stepped out of the line to go into the the fair are now talking to him. And she finally comes up to him after 45 minutes and says, are we going to the fair or are we going to the kumquat festival? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she said, I'm going to the fair. You come with me. Yeah, and yeah. So, you know, I mean, but it's just cute little stories like that. You bring up the subject, and, I mean, it happens. It, it's just there, there are so many stories, and a lot of them are just it brings back. I was out in the Grove filming with one of the uh, local news stations, and the cameraman was there, and 
he was, yeah, you know, when I was, I was a kid, there were some kumquats. And I walked over to him, and I picked a kumquat off the tree, and I handed it to him. I said, here, eat that. He popped that kumquat in his mouth because he said they used to, they'd walk down this alley, and there was a kumquat branch that hung over, and they'd pick the kumquats off and eat them on the way to and fro school. Sure. And he, when he put that kumquat in his mouth, his face changed. He looked different. Yeah. He pulled the camera away from him, and he kind of forgot what he was doing. And I spoke to him after it, and he said, I was back on that street yeah. walking down that alley at whatever age he was, 12 or 13 years old. Yeah. He said, I was right back there. That's he said, awesome. that brought me right back. He, yeah. said, he said, that was amazing. He said, I just can't, I can't, you know, I can't explain. Mm-hmm. how the feeling that i had you know so so it's cool to hear things like sure that, yeah know? of I mean, course you know it's cool to hear they're healthy it's cool to hear you put them in your kid's lunchbox and guess what you know what they come home with maybe a couple seeds in there not the orange peel yeah. or an apple core there's nothing to throw away the seeds actually create pectin pectin is what they use to firm up jellies so okay when you when you when you make marmalade with them, you can leave the seeds in there, and it will help gel it up, make it firmer. Okay. You know? And if you eat the seeds after they've been cooked, they're like eating a little pine nut almost. They're not. Okay. They're not you know real bad. You can skim some of those seeds off after you make it, but um, you know we we actually our marmalade you can see seeds in it that are that are from that. Gotcha. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Well, <laughs> fantastic. All right. So now. Let's talk about you for a little bit, your okay. history, your background, where you're from. So you had mentioned okay. to me before when I was out there at your store that you used to work in construction, you were a fireman. So mm-hmm. I looked at your LinkedIn profile and I see that you've been, uh, you guys started in November of 89, mm-hmm. so over 32 years. Mm-hmm. So what did you do before that? Was, was it construction and well, firefighter? What, what I did, I was, um, when I was in high school, well, when I was in, I grew up in St. Joe. I grew up on a little dirt road, the end of Goody Road. Um, grew up with six brothers. Um, next door was my cousins, and they were they were six girls. So we had no girls. They had no boys. So <laughs> we played ball in the yard. And anyway, when I was um, 15, 14, I um, had the summer off, and I went to work for my uncle laying brick. Okay. Um, I was a brick tender. So, you know, you carried brick and, you know, he laid the brick and you wiped and cleaned up the tools and mixed the mud and did all the wonderful things like that. Yeah. Um, the next year, <coughs> I ended up going to work for my uncle. And, um, and he, he, my other uncle, and they had a construction company. It was called Goody Brothers Construction Company. And it was my dad's two brothers. And, they had me scraping floors and bucketing concrete and doing the things, you know, that that 15-year-old kids did. You know, we um, we were building the local church, the Sacred Heart Church in, in, um, in St. Joe, and we were also building St. Rita's Church in Dade City. Um, after that, um, when I went back to high school, I did the work kind of release program i always called it work release so yeah. because we'd get out at noon and we could go work in sure, job sure and of course being a cousin i could get away with you know being able to work for them doing electrical tools and stuff to that nature back then yeah um so i worked construction i learned how to how to build houses and build um, commercial buildings and okay. do stuff like that um became an electrician um while i was in high school my senior year I was um, 
I was there was uh, in December uh, before I graduated in 1976. In December '75, they had a fire down the hill from us at a food at a feed store, hmm. and I went down there. Of course, everybody always would go hang around, be be part of the uh oh squad as the fire department yeah, calls. Yeah, so I went down and was part of the uh oh squad, and then um, in March I joined the volunteer fire department and became a volunteer i was only 17 years old which so they kind of kept me kind of you know hidden in the back gum <laughs> my ambition when i was a younger child was to be an airplane airplane air air force pilot okay um, our next door neighbor was an air force recruiter he pretty well much had me set up to go when i was 13 i got in a boating accident mm. and got knocked unconscious for 72 hours so that squished the the um ability to be a a pilot for the air force okay um i wanted to still i said well you know what if you can't fly a plane but you can fly a helicopter okay so my yeah. intention was when i graduated high school was to go into the army and learn how to fly um apache helicopters sure or, sure or um, blackhawks or whatever 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 yeah. was there yeah um i dreamed it slept it wept it wanted it they wouldn't take you in pretty well much in 1976 there there was no draft i never registered for the draft so uh -huh, uh -huh. you know it was 70 i think it was 76 77 78 there was mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. if you ended up in the military you were either in trouble you were either going to jail or going to, <laughs> to, to, to war yeah. that was your choices so um i um like i said my this kind of fell into this fire department thing. Um, and I went and, you know, volunteered for several years. Um, went and applied for a couple of paid positions and, um, <coughs> um, didn't, didn't get anywhere with the paid positions, just kind of stayed in the volunteer in the, um, 1980s my mother talked me into going to or i guess it was seven in the late 70s she talked me into going to um school and becoming an emt um so my brother and i went to college went to pasco hernando community college and became emts and huh. at that point um i um had gone and gotten my firefighter certification certification and there was a CETA program back in the 1970 that was 1979 was when I went into the CETA program and got became a firefighter and in the 80s um I went to I went to work I'm mean, 79 I went to work for Pasco County in the CETA program in 1980 81 I went to work for the city of Dade City um I was um, engaged to get married, got in a little bit of trouble with the department. You had the choice of either resigning or being terminated, so I resigned. Okay. Um, battled around for a while. Then I, my mother talked me into, so it was in the 80s when I went and became an EMT. Um, and I, after that, I ended up getting hired for Pasco County in 1987. <coughs> um, started off as just a firefighter EMT. Um, worked my way up through the ranks, became a battalion chief, became a lieutenant, a driver, then a lieutenant, um, was lieutenant for about 13 years. Really? Decided to be lieutenant in charge of a station, in charge of five people, um, you know, about a million dollars worth of equipment and housing and everything back in those days. Um, <laughs> okay. Then I became a battalion chief um, 
in the 90s holy cow and um worked my way um became the senior battalion chief of of our shift um and i was responsible for the in the last part of my career uh, for eight stations worth probably about fourth um it was 42 people um eight stations multiple multiple equipment all kinds of special equipment ladders and yeah and um different different apparatus tankers brush trucks um mm-hmm. you know engines rescues um chief's cars all brush wagons whatever there was was all you know my responsibility along with the things yeah and i retired in um two thousand um june 20 i mean june 30th 2017 that was my 55th birthday 55th 59th 59th birthday excuse me <laughs> okay. 59th birthday okay um and i had 30 years 30 <clears throat> years and nine days is what i i worked every day right up to the end right um got the golden handshake and got the seat of program um my ambition was to work the kumquat business five months out of the year and drift and wander yeah. Um, yeah. the rest of the time, go on vacation, travel, see a lot of the world because I worked all that time that I was a fireman. I worked it either in construction mm-hmm. in the early years mm-hmm. um, for my uncles or my brother when he had a construction business. or And then after I had my son in my second marriage and – um, ended up kind of being a single dad, um, taking care of my son all the time. I went. My mother said, "Well, instead of you doing this, why don't you just bring your bring your son and and you can you can work the kumquat business." And mm-hmm. you know, so it was thirty. He's thirty three years old. So thirty three years ago, yeah, I started doing that with her, uh-huh. and we ran it till Dad retired and. <clears throat> Then when dad retired, then, wow. you know, me and him ran it together. Sure. But I had my son in the first few years of that until I got married again. Mm-hmm. And then my wife stayed at home because we first, we got married nine months later, almost nine months and one day later, we had twins, <laughs> oh, twin wow. girls. Oh, wow. So that we now had three children. And, you know, you, you can't, you can't both work and put kids in daycare, three kids in daycare and make any money. Right. You know, I mean, unless she, you know, she was, she worked at a bank. She worked for her father in the nursery business. Um, You know, so she wasn't out there making a, making a great wage like a lot of people do today. So I worked at one time, I worked three jobs. I worked, I worked um, for the Kumquat business. I worked for Saddlebrook, Saddlebrook uh, Resort um, as, as their life safety officer. Um, you know, and then of course I did the fire department thing. Wow. I would have to sometimes I'd take off, take off work from the fire department so I could do the safety thing. Yeah, because I, you know, just trying to just keep keep money coming in, make sure. what I could. Sure. Um, in the family business, I always just kind of, kind of, you know, got paid a wage. It wasn't anything great. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know, it was more than minimum wage, but it was enough. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. because I could work so many hours. To be in a fireman, you could work. There were times I could work fifty hours in in a week because I had no seven o'clock to five o'clock or or nine to five. That kumquat business could be from seven 
to seven or seven at night and then meet a truck at at 11 o'clock or two o'clock in the morning right you know so you know i had the hours i was a workaholic i worked work crazy I sounds mean, like it i didn't i didn't realize till i retired and the business the gump club business collapsed how much i used to do yeah you know sure. i mean and i don't know how i did it i mean yeah. you know just and my family suffered just hearing it. you say it, I'm, i don't know how you did it yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i worked basically for the family business the average joe works 2100 hours a year for for you know if you work a 40 hour week sure with you take away holidays and everything i think it comes to 2080 or mm-hmm. something of that nature right i would work 2400 hours um working for the family business plus when i worked for the fire department our our schedule was 2700 2970 wow 2000 970 no 955 hours is what i think we at in other words that was your your what your salary was based upon yeah <coughs> um so when you added all that together it's like how did you do that yeah I mean, and, sure and it was because i had time off i took vacation time off i yeah you know i never missed the festival because i had to work i always took the festival off um i thought i turned you off <laughs> sorry no worries yeah shame on me no no big deal at all no (laughs) No, big deal at all no no but um fascinating i worked i worked i was a workaholic i still am a workaholic i'm not not really i've really slowed way down i now get up when i want i used to get up at five o'clock in the morning um i'd get up i'd say they're okay where did i wake up yesterday Okay, I wake. Uh, I woke up at the firehouse. Good. Okay, then I'm at home, and that means I can. I can. I don't have to be at work till seven thirty to eight o'clock. You know, if I woke up and I oh last night I spent the night at home. Oh, I got to go to the fire department. It's five o'clock. Yeah. You know, and I drive all the way to Land of Lakes, which is you know thirty something miles. Sure. <coughs> Pick up the car, go to our operations center in Land of Lakes. And then drive all the way back to Dade City. <laughs> of course, I had to visit all my st- my firehouses along the way. Get back there about four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Work till sometimes ten or eleven o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Get up at five o'clock. Drive all the way back to Land Lakes to do the exchange. Right. And then drive all the way to the packing house. Right. To do that. So not only was wow. I was I, you know, of course, all that time was I was being paid. When I was driving back and forth from Land of Lakes, but sure. that time from Land of Lakes to the packing house and from my house to Land of Lakes was my time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you had mm-hmm. another hour or so in there. Yeah. <coughs> so I, I just still don't know how I did it. I yeah, just did it. I, and I don't I either. Loved, I loved what I did. Um, Almost would have to. I, I love everything that I did. I love kumquats. Yeah. I love I love construction yeah. when I did it. Um, I used to love working concrete. It was you know it was hard work, but boy, sure. it was satisfying because when you got done, you had a you had a pretty job there. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, you know when we framed, I liked framing. You know because it you got a lot done. Yeah. Know? And electrical work, it was I I really enjoyed doing that type of stuff, but. It's, it's, you know, I just don't know if there's very many me people left. You yeah, know I, mean? I, I think you're pretty rare. I, I, just based <laughs> you know, on what you're saying, I but, think you're a pretty rare guy. But I love the job. And 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 I kind of, you know, went through some little PTSD, you know, after, after I got out of the fire department. Had a little time driving around, you know, you kind of 
remember the bad wrecks and you remember this and you remember i never lost any of my soldiers that was the good part i never had i i you know i had a couple of them couple of them that weren't no longer my soldiers they were somebody else's that did oust themselves but yeah during my during my control they didn't but during the being a fireman i was being a chief i i did a lot of counseling did a lot of you know as everybody's stories but as i went around and i kind of um reached the point where you know like i said had a little bit of you know kind of down in the dumps about um you know, doing what I did and how I did it. And I kind of, kind of, you know, said, well, you know, I had a plan. My plan was to go be a pilot and go fly and be, you know, be this wonderful thing. God, God had a different plan. Sure. And I saved lives. I saved hundreds of lives, thousands of lives. I landed helicopters. I landed, you know, I landed more helicopters than probably military guys do did in, in wars. You know, I mean, I landed hundreds, 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 maybe even thousands of helicopters really? in my career, you know, saving, you know, directing them the helicopter in, having them land, right. telling them where to go, which patient to get, have them load up, get go, get the next helicopter in, you know, for the traffic accident shootings, um, you know, knifing stuff to that nature. Right. Um, so there was a lot of that, you know, stuff kind of going through your head. You know, you drive by the scene and you remember the little kid that got killed there, sure. the little kid that got burned here. Sure. And I kind of said, you know, I had, I had a plan. God had a different one. So, you Love know, it. he, he, I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, fly, fly, fly something and blow things up. And he wanted me to save lives. Yes, sir. And I kind of um, think that he helped me through my times that, you know, when I was troubled and kind of lost in, in what I was doing, he kept me, you know, in a straight and narrow path. I, Absolutely. I've, I'm, a, I'm a church-going Christian. I try to, try to keep strays ways. And without everything he did for me, I probably wouldn't have been able to be where I am. Sure. The great thing was I ended up with a nice retirement. I ended up drawing Social Security. Um, I ended up catching COVID last year in January. Mm. Um, I um, had a very close call with death. I, my mm. O2 sats were very low. Mm. And I told – I kind of went and went to the Lord and said, you know, I'm, I'm ready. I, I think I've saved enough lives. I've done what you've asked me to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm ready for you. If you want me, I'm, I'm here for you. Yes, sir. Well, I woke up the next morning and I'm still alive yes, today. Sir. You know, yes, I sir. got better. Yes, sir. So, you know, I still have a lot to do. I don't want to know what it all is, Yeah. but, um, I enjoy being out in the grove, out in the peaceful quietness or, you know, the, the out there taking care of the trees, trying to help them get better and get mm-hmm. through all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, you know, um, like what I did there too, because I love talking about kumquats and I like yeah. talking to people. And, Your face lights up when you, know, you talk about. Oh yeah. yeah, you know it does when I talk about the fire department too. Yes, you know, it does. And the it, guys it all thought, yeah. ah, this guy, he's going to be. I, I walked out. Of, I walked out of there. I closed that chapter. I didn't open that book back up. I mean, I my son is a my son is a firefighter paramedic. Is he um, for Pasco County? Um, he is. Um, he is. He is, um, you know, working to become a captain. Um, and really? I, I will go and visit him, but I don't go stop by fire stations and hang out with the guys like a lot of the <clears throat> retirees did. Mm. 
and mm. do. I just, like I said, I had a total of 42 years in the fire service. Yeah. And I'd done, I'd done my share, you know, you've, you've done a lot. Did you, did you have a mentor? Did you, were, uh, like back in the early days, what, did you have someone to kind of show you the ropes and, and kind of help you out? And I had, I had a, I had a real good friend. His name was, his name was chief Morgan, Mike Morgan. Um, he, I remember him coming to, um, our, when I was in, we had, we had elementary school, then we had middle school and I was in the middle school when they, when they, when they desegregated everything or whatever, what, when they, um, and so when I went to middle school, it was fifth and sixth or sixth and seventh, sixth and seventh. Junior high school was eighth and ninth, and in high school was tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. Sure. Well, when I was in high, when I was in junior high, um, the fire department came to do a demonstration about fire extinguishers and oil fires and how to how to operate them. And I watched this guy do this, and I thought, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. And I didn't think about any of this stuff till later in life. You sure. Know what I mean, sure. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't realize that that that's where I first saw him in action and met him. Um, but we became friends when I got involved in the volunteer fire department, San Ann, and he, he started working for, he used to work for the city of Dade city. He retired from there and then went to Pasco County. And he's the one that kind of got me involved in the CETA program. And of course, when that all fell apart, then he got me, um, <coughs> he got me to come in and put in an application and that's when i got hired in 1987 gotcha to okay get in there to yeah um do that so okay it was uh it was he was kind of my mentor he passed away this past um year mm-hmm. um he had he caught a disease that was basically his lungs were just slowly collapsing yeah and there's no there was no cure for it and you know we still talked and we you know kept in touch up until the end there and i regret not going and seeing him the last time he asked me to come visit him so yeah you know but um you know he was he he now he was one of these guys that he could never let go i mean he was he was from when he was a kid till the day before he died he was he was a he was a just a, a blood-seeking hound dog that loved the fire service. <laughs> you couldn't give him enough. Yeah. And he was well-versed. He was very knowledgeable. He, yeah. He was a instructor. He, you know, taught and touched thousands of people. Sure. Um, he was a good guy, you know, but... You know, he was, I'd say, was my mentor as far as, as far as getting me involved in the fire service and, and keeping me in there. I mean, I never really, there was never a day I said, <coughs> I'm done with this. You know, I mean, there were times I was done because there wasn't enough money in it. But, right. you know, like I said, I get a nice little pension and the money comes in whether I, whether I go out and do anything or not. Yeah. It still yeah. comes in the bank once, once a month. Sure. Sure. Um, so how did you guys go about, so, uh, so it sounds like it's a, it was a family farm. So did, mm-hmm. did, did you guys have to secure funding in the beginning? When they, when they secured funding in the very beginning, that's why dad invited his friends to come do that. They all initially put in money in the beginning. That's right. That's yes. right. Okay. Um, and that's how they formed Kumquat Growers. 
Okay. Now, from where it is now, where it goes, I have six brothers. Uh, my the only other person that's still involved with it is the Newhoffer family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. And there's four children there. Margie still works there, but she's taking care of her husband, who's a little bit ill. So, mm. you know, she hasn't been. She wasn't there this year, but uh, they're a big part in helping, and you know because. It takes a it takes a small army to do some things sometimes, and sure. you know you got to have volunteers to help you. You can't always pay yeah. everybody to come do everything for you. Yeah, and at times when we ran our booth at the Kumquat Festival, we had as many as eighty volunteers that would come help us do really? that. Of course, we did two days. We did a we did two days of open house before we do the festival, so we run a three day event. So we have a lot of people. We did Grove tours and Packing House tours and, mm-hmm. and you know, just the general general knowledge and tasting and everything we could. Right. So it took, took a lot of people to get all that set up and working and to get people to work there. Sure. And we were still running our plant while we were doing it, processing. Sure, food, sure, sure. Processing the kumquats. So, you know, that's um, – that's one of the things um we're still you know now we're fighting funding um you know some of the issues that we don't have a we don't have somebody we can just you know go up here and say hey uh i want to i want i want a hundred thousand dollars to to try to create this new variety there that's not mm-hmm. something that happens the government's just not there for that we have gotten some of the funding for pandemic stuff we've gotten some of the funding for um when we had the Tristasia and it killed a lot of the trees to replant trees back then, um, we got some some reimbursement money from there. Okay. But basically, it's just been you know um, we're living off of the where our money comes in from the and my father and his partner have had to put money into the business Mm, Um, mm. we borrowed money this year Mm -hmm. was the first time we've ever really borrowed money because we just didn't want to borrow from them sure you know and so we took and with the uh, joy that we had of having paid off vehicles we were able to borrow against one of the vehicles not against the land or the business yes sir we just borrowed against the vehicle so worst comes to worst we lose the vehicle yeah, vehicle yeah you know, but we're not going to lose it we've already made enough money to pay that off and and have some back in reserve so awesome awesome you know but it was just enough to get us sometimes you need a little funding to get to pay your employees those, absolutely you know, yeah because we don't get paid for 30 days a lot of times and in the and when we were really big, sometimes we didn't get paid for ninety days. Because, really? Yeah, because you you as and then we don't pay our we don't pay our growers until the end of the, towards the end of the year, because mm. we would have have to have all that money for the harvest. You know, the harvesting's the big part. You know, everybody says, "Oh, the grower makes the money." No, the laborer makes the money. Mm. You know, because makes the because money. you know they they're there. Their 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 piece work they they can you know they could back in the day when minimum wage was seven dollars they could make fifteen dollars an hour if they could pick two bushel a day you know so it was easy for them to to you know or some of them would make twenty dollars an hour back in those days mm. you know a husband and wife team could make thousand dollar weeks you know so talking about employees so i'm at the point now in my business where i'm looking to hire employees and mm-hmm. you had you had mentioned something earlier where the minimum wage is 10 bucks an hour mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. but that's 
that's what you pay the employee. Right. Really, it's closer to eleven fifty or twelve when you add on everything else that the employer has to pay. Yeah. The insurance, uh, the workers' comp, all the other stuff that that that, that you're mm-hmm. responsible for. So. When did you hire your first employee? Was did you used to do everything by yourself? Was it you we, and, and in the we, family and we us and the family really? Um, our first it's kind of fun. It's kind of a funny story. Um, we were at one point, and I don't remember how many years it was. We were um, we were hiring. We had gotten to the point where we were hiring day labor. We were going to get in the the day labor people. Yep. Which you know it's kind of the quality of people you get for a packing house um the profanity the 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 just the language the yeah. the the it, it, it they work good but just sometimes well we had this elderly man that worked for my my wife's grandfather and worked for her her dad um he was he was he come up to us and he him and his wife were working in there helping us out and we had this day labor and he came up he said look he said um i've got some people and i can bring you people in this bring my people in here and you give us an opportunity and we won't you won't you won't have to worry you tell me how many people you need and i'll bring you those people so we said, okay, we'll try it. Well, he brought us six guys, six people. Yeah. Um, his wife, another lady, um, um, and three other, three other guys and himself. And, um, <laughs> it just worked great. Yeah. It worked fantastic. And, and it, it just, they've been working with us now for 15 years. Really? Um, of course he passed away, but, and his mm. wife doesn't work for us anymore, but some of the youngers are still <coughs> and offspring of, of, of them, mm-hmm. you know, multi-generation. Sure. Now it's not a, you know, it's not a glory job. It's just, you know, packing house help is packing house help. And, you know, it, you rely on them. You, yeah. you, you, you know, and then of course with, Hiring and you know, the firing of some people. They come to work. They're drunk, you know. Yeah. They come to work. They're stoned. Sure. They come to work. They're, yeah. you know, they go for go for a break and they don't come back. And you know, I mean, the hiring of people was is one of the most difficult things to do because yes. you, it's hard to read people. I mean, even in the fire department, you know, I had to sit on sit on. Um, um, interview boards mm-hmm. and you know i was always terrible at it because i loved everybody so <laughs> yeah. you know you're thinking oh this guy and we had this one guy just a real quick story we had this one guy i mean he was uh he was a star he was a football player he he just he had was a paramedic firefighter he had everything you you could imagine it's like, oh man, this guy. I'm ready to hire this guy. You know, I'll take him, put him on my truck all any day. Yeah. Well, we did a background check. Uh-oh. Three DUIs. Uh oh. Yeah. Played for Florida State. Oh no! Did he really? <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that. I mean, but but, but yeah. Yeah, you know, sure. I mean, sure. You, you just never know. Yeah. And if you don't do that part of the the test, yeah, you get yourself in big trouble real quick. Yeah. You know? Yes, sir. I mean, we find we find you know oh you you know. You let the guy drive the truck, and then he goes and has a wreck. Right. 
And then you find out uh, he, he had he had a, he didn't have a driver's license. You yeah. Know? So that's the hard part about hiring people. And sure. you know you hire them, and at at one point it was very easy because we had a line people coming in wanting to work because the people that we had working there talked so highly of how well we treated them. I mean, we treated our employees like family. We gave them we gave them Christmas bonuses. We gave them a Christmas party, an end-of-the-year party, end-of-the-year bonuses. Um, you know, we helped them out financially if they needed to borrow money for to get new tires or new cars. It was never, I mean, not new cars, but, yeah, sometimes new sure, cars. Sure, sure. We treated them like family. Yes, you know? sir. Yeah. If they needed a loan, you know, for for something, you know, mm-hmm. when they needed when they needed a loan to, to buy the property, you know, we'll co-sign for them. We didn't, we didn't have any of those problems, you sure, know? Sure. Um, I wasn't always, I never was to the point of, of that, but I have, you know, doled out money to guys and, you know, well, you could take it out of my next paycheck. No, 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 no. That's not how this works. Yeah. We're going to take it out of, we're going to take it out of three paychecks from now because you're going to get back on your feet. This is a hand up, not, not, a, not a handout. You yes, know? sir. Right. Because yeah. Okay. I give you $60. Now you're getting 150 or you're getting 300, $300. No, you're not. You're only getting 240 because I'm taking my 60 back. That doesn't help you. Right. That hurts right, you. So right. you go ahead and get your two, and the third one now I'll take twenty dollars, and the next one I'll take twenty dollars, and sure. the next one I'll take twenty dollars. Yeah. And in that way, we're all clear by the end of the year, end of the season. Yeah. You know, I mean, and when you treat people like that, they want to come work for you. So yeah. So we never had a problem of anybody wanting to come, you know, and and work for us. Um, you know, it's always been in, and then there's the times when. You got to tell, you know, the per- person's crying and you tell them, you know, I got to let you go, man. Yeah, it ain't working out. It's not working out. Yeah. You know, you're not who you're not who you I thought you were. Right. You know, you're not you don't have the capability of doing it. Right. You know, I don't want you to go out here and take a break and disappear for, you know, an hour or 45 minutes. Where have you been? Right. You know, what are you doing? Sure. Um, those are the hard parts. And and labor is expensive. You know, it it <laughs> yeah. it. In the fire department, it's fifty-one percent of our budget. So, you know, I mean, when you you look at fifty-one percent, that's a you know, but that's also when you're giving people retirement and all this stuff. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, I gotcha, gotcha. You know, vacation time, sick time, um, insurance, and yeah, you know, I mean, I'd love to help my people get health insurance for year round, but. They only work for me for five months. How can I do that? Right. Right now, they're only working for me about altogether about three or four weeks. Sure. You know, as full weeks. So, sure. you know, you can't do something like that. But, you know, it, 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 business is, business is a, a kind of a two faced, two faced plate sometimes or a two sided plate. You know, you got the good, the bad, and the ugly on the one, but then you got sport holding it all up. Yes, sir. You know, because yep. without without the good base, you don't, you know, a lot of things just can't get get going. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I've had failures. I went into I went into the business um, um, of um, harvesting or harvesting oranges before the mm. the the collapse of that. Mm-hmm. And we were spending more money on maintenance and repairs and labor than we were making. Wow. It just didn't turn out to work out. Yeah. Um we had a um little packing house that we did oranges in. 
and we waxed, washed them, waxed them, and then I delivered them to. Now I I made some money out of that. That was a cash deal. That one was pretty good. Okay, but um, but wore my truck out. Mm. You know, wore wore two trucks out. You know, um, business made a little bit of money. Didn't make a lot of money, but you know they made they sold their oranges, and you know right. they got better than if they sold them to a big packing house that, that yeah. basically paid them a nickel a box. You know, I paid them $5 a box for them. So they did okay out of all that, you know, I'd say so. But, um, you know, it, it, not everything worked that I've ever touched. A lot of things didn't, you know, a lot of, a lot of, um, trial and errors, you know, this works, this don't. I mean, yeah. this year I, I made some fresh squeezed orange juice thinking, shoot, people are going to go crazy for that. I hardly sold any of it, you know? <laughs> And, you know, I mean, I put oranges up there for sale. People always ask, and, well, we, we did okay. I mean, we sold enough. We had got some very fresh early strawberries when we had our open house. I mean, some delicious, sweet, wonderful, 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 some of the finest Plant City strawberries that you could find. Okay. Hardly sold them. We sold, we've got 10, 10 flats. We sold six of them in, wow. in the time that we were there. Yeah. Um, you know, just not everything works all the time. Yeah. And, but you have to do trial and error. If right. we, right. if we stayed the same, we would be where the other two, other three kumquat businesses are. Yes, sir. Our business. Yes, sir. You know, you have to be flexible. You have to adjust. And that's one thing. If I can't say my father's taught me anything else, and my father is my mentor in the kumquat business. Um, but if, if I haven't learned anything else from him, I've learned that you have to be like the willow. You have to bend. You can't yes, be sir. like the pine. Yeah. Because if you I do, if this is the way we've done it, this is the way we're always going to do it. Yep. Then you're going to be out of business. Be willing you, to pivot. Yeah. You got to be able take to, chances. you got to be able to take chances and, yep. and sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. You know, well, how did you guys do any advertising Did uh, in the, in the beginning? Did you guys in do- the beginning? We did, we did, um, we did some advertising. We, um, one of the, one of our Bibles, one of the greatest things there is in the produce industry, because see, we were considered produce and it was called the red book and the blue book and the red book and blue book are, if you're a broker and you are looking for a fruit, vegetable commodity of some sort, you went down, you picked up your red book and the red book was, is a red book. Okay. And the blue book is a blue book, (laughs) Okay, but you picked it up, you flipped to the thing that you looked up, say you wanted you wanted um, car, uh, you wanted star fruit, or you wanted kumquats, and you wanted some lychee, or you wanted some tangerines. You flip that, go in that book, and you looked up the what you wanted. It tell you the names of the brokers, and then you you know the states they were in, and you went in the states, and you found it. You mm-hmm. found what you were looking for. Hmm. That was one of the one of the one of the best means of advertising that we did. Okay. Then we got into when we got into the Kumquat Festival, we did advertising there. We did local advertising, the local paper, and local paper's gone. Now when you when you did the advertising, how did you come up with the ad like what was in the ad? What did you They were normally just trying to get them to come to the packing house or gotcha. come to the festival. Gotcha. Okay. Um, they were, you know, and still today that's kind of what we we promote um gotcha you know our other type of advertising that we did was we did shows i mean we went to different shows and introduced people to kumquats sure um you know those were in the those were in the post the 90s years after we were trying to re rejuvenate we also took little 
tiny pieces of paper and we put recipes on them and we used to fold them in half and drop them in the cup that we had <laughs> okay and so when the people got them at the, at the store yep they could see that there was recipe in there they could yeah. open up and see what what to do with them that's genius yeah yeah um then we went to like i said we did it it's now on the label you open the yep. label up yep. it's on the inside yep. kind of like the cool whip um oh, okay the cool yeah. whip you know they've sure. always got the recipe on yeah. the back side of that yeah you know not that not that we stole their idea not that they stole ours sure. but sure, sure. it was just you know crossing paths that's right. how we did that i mean we used to take and we had the little katie's pamphlet it's a little tiny um it was a trifold pamphlet it's white uh, multicolored inks um we used to take those and when we put them in the boxes we would stuff some of those on top of the box so when it got to the produce stand they'd pull those out and set yep. them out and then people would know how to get and then of course the internet came along and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we were early to jump on the internet um we <coughs> had one big screw up in there mm. we instead of getting the kumquat.com when it first came out we missed that and had mm. some gigantic crazy I forget what it was. It was bizarre how long it was the name of it. But we finally ended up being able to get kumquatgrowers.com. Okay. Um, and by doing that, that, you know, because the word kumquat back in the day was hit 30,000 times a day. People trying really? to find out what, or a month, excuse me, not a day. Okay. 30,000 times a, a lot. Month. Yes. And there was a German band that was called the Kumquats, oh. and then there was also a, a. It would have been. It would have been. A, it would. Have, it could have been the Google of Googles if Kumquat could have stayed as a, <laughs> as a search engine because somebody that's where the Kumquat dot com originally was. It was a search engine. It was like no a search way. engine. I didn't yeah. know that. I, I think I'm not 100 percent sure. That. Okay, but research that because i yeah. could you could prove me wrong so you may we have to we have to cut that section out <laughs> but um it was it was um it was used as a as a you know something like that um you know of course i'm not real tech so i'm not sure i wish i was i really really could use a lot of i mean we struggle and all i was i remember 1976 yes sir. okay so so i'm uh you know the 50s and 60s I grew up in the 50s and 60s mm -hmm. when i was in high school they told us computers were coming uh -huh. but we didn't know what they were going to look like sure, sure i can sure. remember when they built in 1974 when they built the pasco Hernando community college mm -hmm. they had a room a room that was probably 20 by 20 maybe 20 by 15 mm-hmm and that's where the computer was. Right, the whole room was the, the whole yeah, room the was the computer. Yeah. They did the car they did the cards. Yep. yep. The punch cards. Yep. yep. I mean, yep. DOS. Yep. I mean, th those are the And I was the little nerdy guy that walked around with the pencil holder in there <laughs> and the pens. I I was smart. I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not, you know, I'm I'm lazy but i'm i'm smart sure you know and i wouldn't I call you lazy at all no well i <laughs> I, yeah, I i could be considered lazy about some things but um um i i i could have been a computer net i could have been a computer nerd i sure. mean my brother is is very high tech you know but he's high tech in development plant um you know developmental um mm -hmm whatever they call it programming and programming yeah. and stuff sure um you know i should have 
paid closer attention, you know. I mean, I took a typing class because, yeah, yeah, yep. you know, that boat accident kept me from doing anything because, you know, I had to protect my head because my head had been kind of bounced around, had a little depression. So I took typing. I knew how to type. Yeah. But I let all that kind of disappear. Had I stayed in that, I mean, you know, who knows where I could have been. Yeah. But it would have been, it wasn't God's plan. So yeah. I'm yes, not, sir. Correct. you know, I, I mean, I can wish and dream and I could have been, you know, I, the, <laughs> I tell you a funny story. I was in Guatemala, and this guy came up. We were at a we were at a wine and cheese party with one of the ambassadors to whatever Canada, whatever country it was. We were at their house for a wine and cheese party, and this guy comes. Hey, Greg, come here. The second couple times I think, come here, come here. He said, Yeah. He said, I want to show you something. He said, Look, these guys are in their garage, and they're building this computer program this computer and he says um when 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 the um when you get back to the state you got five hundred dollars you can oh yeah and i said yeah i got five hundred dollars and um i was newly wed we were we were both working and you know five hundred dollars wasn't that much money he said um well um um you know when you get back you you invest in this company i'm like oh okay and he flipped it over you know i was like oh okay you know we'll see he said ibm you know this is going to take take thing of all that that's why i got back to the united states and went back to life and forgot all about this until forrest gump okay when he said yeah he invested in this this um vegetable business and he flipped <laughs> that piece of paper over with the thing apple i said oh shit yeah yeah five hundred dollars at 50 cents a share yeah yeah they were working in their garage yeah i'm yeah. like oh. yeah yeah, but it would have been, we, me and my wife would have had to have a hell of a settlement at that point, you know, <laughs> to get rid of all that money. Yeah, you know, so yeah. you know, it wasn't meant to be. But I mean, you know, it's just just funny things in life. Yeah, you know, I, I've 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 had an interesting life. It's it's um you know I was a fireman back then when that that all occurred. Um, that was before I I and ended up leaving there and going to going back to construction but mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. construction was i was making you know back in construction i'm making 18 dollars a year you know um back in the 80s which was pretty decent for florida wages and when i started as a fireman i started it uh, a starting fireman started at twelve thousand mm. dollars so you know my the guy my mentor said you know, can you really afford to do this? I said, yeah, because I can make nine thousand dollars working construction on my two days off. Yeah, a year. Sure, so, sure. You know, I, I can double that. You know, I mean, so you know, that was my big, big thing there. So, so are you guys still advertising today, or, or is well, it just our, our, our mouth when we mostly? when we when the when the, we collapsed, our advertising pretty well much. Other than I go on Google and go on Facebook and do those little those little where they put those little blurps out for yeah. you know five dollars a day or whatever yep. it is yep. and that has very been very successful sure i use them too yeah um you know i mean we 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 i started last year i really don't know what i'm doing i'm still trying to figure you know here i'm facebook these today kids are way behind <laughs> me <laughs> but i'm you know trying to learn how to do this type of stuff yeah i'm learning how to hashtag and yeah. and do that type of stuff yeah we we have a girl um, um, over in Dade City that um, um, 
oh gosh, shame on me, I can't remember her name, but um, she's got the um, shortbread place. Okay. And she's doing very well. She's a veteran. She's um, a female. She's got her own business. She's doing very well, but she's also kind of, we're kind of related. We're not really related, but we're kind of. Yeah. Her, 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 no, I remember you're on, you're being recorded. So her, <laughs> is her half sister is, is, was one of my best friends in high school. Okay. So really she's in Small her, world. her, she's married, to, she's married to one of my cousins. My, so we're kind of, we have a tie, but we're not really related. Not blood, but close but enough. Yeah. She has taught me a lot about the hashtag uh, yeah. and how to, how it promotes things. Absolutely, and then of yeah. course, this thing with Pasco County declaring us as the County pie. And now we're being, that's being thrown out there through the tourism board. Uh-huh. And you know, that's going to really help a whole lot with, with it's helped a whole lot with kumquat pie sales out of our packing house and out of the local places that I keep them other than us. us. Sure. Um, but we've never really had to advertise cause we've never really been in the retail business as not a, as our primary income. You guys wholesale more wholesale than, is our more big than, deal. Gotcha. Interesting. I okay. mean, our wholesale, our wholesale, um, you know, you sell 500 bushel and you, put that you know i mean that's 10 that could be 10 or you know five 500 bushel could be fifty thousand dollars worth worth of product mm-hmm. that you're that you're selling mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. now that's our money sure. i mean now that's now back then we didn't we didn't because we wholesaled so much we didn't make we didn't charge as much so you know at our current things you know eventually i'll get to where i can afford fifteen dollars an hour you know but i have to do some pricing increases i sure, couldn't do it sure sure i couldn't do it at, at the i don't know it's no worries it's not a big deal at all don't know, even worry about I it don't, i don't yeah and it'll ring 15 times i don't know why it it's ringing i turned the ringer no off worries. and it's still ringing not a big deal um it's a new phone i'm it's i'm not high tech and yeah, it's got, got me you. too it's not a big deal you're fine <laughs> but um we really have never had to really advertise now don't get me wrong it cost us a thousand dollars a year to be in the blue book and a thousand dollars a year to be in in the red book so we did pay sure pay to do that and that was just to be in it and if you put your they put out these little flyers you know <coughs> that you'd send out and it may say kumquats are in season you know and then have our little kumquat growers thing there mm-hmm. and we'd have to pay for that right um we were also members of uh ffva florida vegetable and fruit um, association okay and i was a member of their board for five years um and that was very interesting because that was helping the produce industry and we met we met um every i think we met we didn't meet every month i forget what it was but i think we met four times a year okay and, and that was um interesting thing to be but that cost us money to be involved in sure. fresh from florida we sure. were members of that mm-hmm. we've been members of fresh from florida <clears throat> since i think since 1991 when mm. the inception of fresh from florida very big supporters of them um the citrus industry got involved in that after their citrus mute their citrus kid and money disappeared so they're now fresh from florida stuff and the cattlemen and everything else but we were involved in it with the produce years and years ago um, and that was kind of the extent of our advertising. Gotcha. Okay. Um, you know, we're having to try to build our our um, 
our sales up in the in the gift shop to help support which it has it thank god we've been able to do a lot of this stuff because mm-hmm. it has helped us bring some financial money in to help us but we had to go to three days a week being open three days a week because we couldn't we couldn't afford the wages sure. to have somebody sit there for 10 hours and you know eight hours a day three or six days is you know for 48 hours right it's 480 bucks that you have to make right to break even right so for right. one person right so not right. counting social security and all the other things sure you've got to pay. sure sure uh, workers comp unemployment sure um all those things and and you know it it's the hardest part of any business and you know i mean it's like i'm dipping a little bit with cattle i that was one of the things i took some money when i retired i bought some cows um and you got I, of course i kind of subleased some land i leased some land from from my father-in-law i don't have to pay him a lease thank god but by the time you pay fertilizer and then you got to pay a hay bill through the year and you gotta you gotta vaccinate them and pay, feed them and do all this stuff yep you know, it's kind of—is it really worth it? You yeah. got to—you got to find a point where. You, and I'm not looking to make millions of dollars. I'm just sure. looking to make, you know, some. And I'm finding out that unless you go go a little bit bigger, you can't you can't make any money at a lot of things. Mm. And you know, and that was where we always had the advantage because we were we were so big yeah. that you know, I mean, if we could have turned that into a year round business and bought kumquats from california and bought kumquats from from chile mm-hmm. um which mm-hmm. we we kind of helped set that deal up and then got kind of shafted out of it because that's what happens in produce industry it used to be if the, the produce industry used to be awesome because if we did business together uh-huh we were friends uh-huh and joe blow come up and tried to cut me out you wouldn't let him cut me out gotcha that all went away Mm. um as time as you know different different people got involved in it yeah. different you know yeah. different things and times changed and that disappeared your loyalty you know we bought we still today i may drive to san ann lumber company to buy stuff there or ace hardware in dade city to buy from a local guy there or dade city hardware when it used to be open because it was the loyalty of sure yeah it cost me more money but that money's local yeah staying right here <coughs> that money's not paying some guy some some ceo making right 2.3 million dollars right living in living in canada right you know, or right somewhere else you right know? so you have to add loyalty and a lot of the loyalty and all the produce industry and the cattle industry and a lot of the stuff is just gone yeah you know you don't you don't have the dedication of people sure and it's it's hard you know i mean we buy t-shirts like yeah i could go online and order t-shirts for x amount of dollars we get a local person to print our t-shirts up yeah. for us yeah we keep the money that's what i talk about the local you know mm-hmm. i get stickers made out of a company in brooksville i give all my all my banners and all that stuff out of a company in dade city uh-huh. <coughs> because you got to keep it local. Sure. Absolutely. You got to support yeah. your family. You got to support your community. Yeah. So what would you then say is going is to be the future? If you were a betting man, what's the future of the kumquat industry? The future of the kumquat industry with God willing and, and the creek don't rise too high. But 
hopefully we'll get back on our feet and get back there. I, I get very discouraged, uh, you know, and lately, but, um, I look out there to yesterday and today and it's gotten warm weather. The trees are starting to sprout back out and get back green mm-hmm. and say, Hey, um, I just was messing with you. Yeah. You know? yeah, um, yeah. I'm messing with you. You know, <laughs> yeah. shame on you for being sick on me last year. I, uh, I yeah. got sick cause yeah. you were sick, yeah. you know, yeah. um, pray a lot. Pray a lot. Always sure. have prayed a lot. Sure. You know, how do you, how do you, um, how do you win in farming? You become a very good believer in God because yes, God can make it or break it for you. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, called farming because gambling was taken. <laughs> um, you know, we have, we have all like kinds. You like that one, didn't you? I like that. <laughs> that one, that one gets everybody. And my other favorite saying is I'd rather, I, it's nice to be seen and not viewed. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That was after after COVID. That one become my one of my yeah. favorite things, you know. Um, but it, I, I want to see it succeed. I want to be able to give it to my grandchildren. My kids have no interest in it, you know. They're they're um, one of them. One of them's a kind of a um, uh, she works for a doctor's office. The other one is in uh, my other daughter is in um, um, billing for Moffitt. And my son's a fireman, and my other son's a cowboy um and they you know and that's great i'm glad they have those industries and they saw how i worked at it they don't they they saw the dedication that i have they don't want to be be buried by that i mean we go on vacations we a lot of times we were we were doing business while we were on vacation mm-hmm. you know we were promote promoting our product somewhere or we were yeah. up up in georgia Getting you know hauling puree up there to to take to our jelly people to make marmalades and stuff you sure, know sure sure so it wasn't um oh we had two barbecue sauces too <laughs> holy cow see, see yeah wheels turn yeah <coughs> so you know I mean I I hope I can get the trees to grow by the grace of God I can get them to grow if I yeah. can get them to grow and we can find the right which we think we have the right method of how to grow them now mm-hmm. um, because we have been in rebuilding years. We don't know the solution 100%, but we've got a we got at least a 70% chance now of we know what we have to do mm-hmm. and we have to go forward. Now, um, can you like import trees from, like you say they're in Georgia and California. Can you buy full grown trees and just, no, pl- no, you, you can't, no, doesn't work no. like that. You have to, you have to start off with a young tree and bring it up. Okay. Um, now one successful thing that we did, instead of buying the little itty bitty trees, we bought the bigger trees and we had good success with that. Mm. So we skipped a year. Sure. So we bought, sure. you know, of course the trees cost us twice what they were. Sure. But, we made skip it. The year, you, know, yeah. you skip that year. Yeah, um, that's the difference between a kumquat and any other citrus. A kumquat will give you fruit when that tree is less than a year old. Mm. Nothing mm. else does that. Mm. I mean, and by the time it's two years old, it's giving you enough kumquats to where you can't eat them off the tree. You more than you can eat in a in a in a normal setting. You know, mm. I mean, it gives you. Um, gives you quite a bit so you know we just have to get the right you know and give the right dedication and yeah spend the right amount of money yeah, to yeah. try to keep our you know we i've spent a lot of money learning sure now i've got to get it trimmed and fat and get yes, this you know to to 
where it works so we can get the trees up and then get the product in, get the employees back in the field right. and get back and get this thing making some money again. As I've been working in business, I've been doing it now for about a year. I left corporate mm-hmm. America and I'm, I'm on my own now. And I'm, it, there's a completely different type of stress that you deal with yep. when you're a business owner and you're out here, you're bootstrapping stuff. You, you're, you're doing it by yourself. You're figuring mm-hmm. everything out, the taxes, the CPA stuff, the right. advertising, all of it. So... How do you how do you deal with like the the thoughts of self doubt and disbelief and and what's your trick for for dealing with the stress <laughs> of all of this stuff? I don't know. <laughs> and you've well, been doing it for thirty years. You can you've... you can only you can only deal with what you get, and you have to you know um, like I said, not everything works. Yeah, you have to be willing to. Go open that door and walk through there. Yeah. And if you if you step and and there's no floor and you fall flat on your face, well, you pick yourself up, Try you come back in, you close the door and you go open another door. Yeah. Um how you deal with all the 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 I I'm blessed that we have an accountant that I mean a girl that works for us and she does all our bookkeeping and stuff and I have a brother that has a program that does that that will is very easy to do all that stuff um um payrolls one of the hardest biggest nightmares there are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i feel sorry for her when she has to do it but it's a it's you know these companies that do it for you it's almost worth i mean my brothers have construction companies and um, one of them does paving the other does land land clearing and dirt hauling and stuff and they pay a, a provider to do that for sure. them and that's well worth it mm-hmm. um but it costs you a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that's profit. Yeah, right. That's your profit. Right. And, you know, do you want do you want to do that or do you want the stress of it? I can remember watching my uncle when there was the two of them. The one would go home and he would go and work on bids and 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 um, go meet people. The other one went home and worked on bids and paid bills and did all that stuff. They didn't work from eight to four thirty. They worked from eight till they got done. Sure. You know, when I was I a fireman that. when I was a fireman, I, when I was a fireman and a chief, even when I was a lieutenant, if I needed to work from eight to eleven thirty, that's what I did. Yep. If I needed to work from eight to four, that's what I did. Yeah. You know. But you know, that's the that's the drive that you have to have, and that's the hardest part about not being corporate. Did you and, ever have the thoughts of self doubt creep in that, like, oh my God, I just can't do that? Like, <laughs> did did that ever in the early days, whenever you were first getting started, did it did was it ever just so overwhelming? Because you've done so much. I, was it? I don't. I think it just was. It was. It was by make it or break it. You know. what I mean. Yeah. You know. My poor wife had to sit at home and figure out how to live off of battalion chief salary for Pasco <laughs> County, which was not Tampa, which was not Hillsborough County, yes, or Orange Orange County, or anything like that. Um, yes, was it decent amount of money? Yeah, I can't complain. I mean, you know, was it triple digit? No, it never. It was the the last year of my career, but you know, it was it. Those were the hard times. That was the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, missing the first step, missing the, you know, all that stuff in the life of my kids. Now I'm enjoying the hell out of my grandkids, you know, I'm I'm making that up. And, you know, that's why I think 
gener- I think business, family businesses skip generations because the kids watch the father, the parent work, 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 work. And, yeah. and my wife has been a big help too. She's very visionary. She, she come into play. Um, my oldest, my youngest son is 23 years old. So when he went to school, um, however many years ago that goes back, um, he would have been six, 15 years ago or 17 years ago. Um, she started working in the business with me and she had a lot of good ideas and good things. And yeah, we did things that we went out and I mean, you know, the Moultrie thing, we went up there, friends talked us into going up there first year. We, we turned almost $1,200, you know, wow, we did good. You know, the next year we went up there, we did less the next year we did less. And I'm like, why is this? Cause you told everybody to go plant a tree and now their trees are making making kumquats and they're making their own marmalades and jellies and they're not needing to buy them from you <laughs> you know yeah. i mean you know and and we did that at the kumquat festival we sold trees well you know i want i want to i want my you sell trees yeah we sell trees stupidest mistake we ever made in our <laughs> life you talking about it <laughs> because guess what they planted that tree out there and back then you planted that tree it grew and now you not only have enough for you you have enough for my neighbor and his neighbor and his neighbor and his neighbor. Oh, well, yeah. Those five people used to come to my pan house and buy kumquats. Yeah, yeah. You know, thank God 2010 killed all those trees. <laughs> you know, now they say, you want a tree? I want a tree. I said, I don't sell you a tree. I don't sell them. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I mean, you know, I turned to him and one of the funniest things or the thing I like to say to him. Now, you're talking about hitting your head. Do you go into the grocery store and say, hey, are you selling strawberry plants? Right. Right. Hey, are you selling bean plants? No, you don't. Yeah. So why the heck you want to grow a kumquat tree? Yeah. Because you're not going to eat them all. Right. You're not going to. No way are you going to be. I mean, when that tree gets to produce eight bushels, 8,000 kumquats, are you going to eat 8,000 <laughs> kumquats? Are you going to eat 8,000 kumquats worth of, worth of marmalade? Right. 400 pounds of fruit? Right. Are you going to make and eat all that marmalade? No. Yeah, not a chance. No. Yeah. So, you know, you yeah, there there are failures like that that we did. Yeah. Um. You know, yeah, we made money and we made instant money when we sold those trees because we were buying for nickels and selling them for dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, we were buying them for I think three dollars and selling them for eight. You know, clearing five bucks. Hey, it was good. Yeah. Until they reality didn't, stuck. Come in. back and yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, wait a minute, something's wrong. What's going on here? Yeah. You know, and they didn't plan enough of them to where I could say now, oh, hey, I need to come pick your kumquat tree. You know, no, no, no. We don't. We never made that that part of it. So, you know, there were there were there were things that, you know, we did that worked and didn't work, and you know, was was there. Luckily, it was Dad's business, and and I got to to sometimes make decisions and it didn't hurt my pocket any you know because i still got paid the same (laughs) yeah yeah. but but in your own business own thing of of doing things yeah you you know but america wasn't built on everything works right you know i mean we picked cotton by hand at first we picked we picked tomatoes by hand we picked um vegetables all kinds of stuff by hand mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. tobacco um mm-hmm. you know apples 
everything mm-hmm. you know they used to process they used to hand wash you ever tried to hand wash an orange it takes a long time to hand wash <laughs> an orange but you can drop it in a machine it come out the other end looking beautiful yeah waxed and finished and polished and ready to go yeah so you know but somebody had to come up with that idea sure you know all our machinery there is custom made it was it was that i had a lot to do with that i that was one of the things that 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 machinery was my baby you know we were we we were we used to take we had a tub not much bigger than these tables it was about two foot deep it's just about it was and it had two handles on it mm-hmm. we dumped the bushels of kumquats in there we dipped them in a thing of water and then we picked them up and we dumped them on an elevator they went up the elevator and they dumped onto a table we could do 250 bushel a day that was i mean and that was a 10 hour day that was pushing it mm. and you had about you had at least six guys that that worked those tubs and they worked hard for yeah that. sure well we said i said dad there's got to be an easier way to do this and so i just happened to have a friend that i called um name was scott and we um we went and i t- sat down and talked to him and he said yeah i can build your machine well that never panned out so i ended up talking to another friend and that never panned out and we went, finally went to a company and this guy said yeah i can build you the machine what you're talking about and so we built the machinery that we have in our packing house today and what had happened was when we were doing the 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 brine solution putting the kumquats up and storing them we found out we could extend our season by sorting the sizes out because the big kumquats got soft and the little kumquats got soft but the kumquats the what i'll call the money the money the money kumquat Mm -hmm. was always good and firm so we could extend our season by almost a whole month by sizing these kumquats okay when we sized them to put them into brine if we kept the middle kumquats we could we could wholesale them Gotcha. Whereas the other kumquats, we could put brine. When they ground them up, they didn't care what they what right. size they were. Right. So, you know, just by luck, when we did that, then it. Well, we were running. We were running four hundred bushel in a in a nine hour day. So you know, I mean, when we when we mechanized and we were running with with only about, I think we had a total of about seven people mm. that it takes to run that line. Wow. Jeez, my nitty, people. <laughs> Jeez, my nitty, everybody's calling me. Oh, what time is it? I guess what, about six o'clock? Four o'clock. Four, two hours we've been talking. Yeah, that's all. Not too long. Holy mackerel. <laughs> I, told you, I can talk now. Hey, that's fine. Yeah, we're, we're good. No worries yeah. at all. I'm in no rush if you're no, in no rush. I'm so. in no rush. I'm just let me, let me, let me, can we stop for a second? Yeah, let me please. Find out what's please going do. On. Go for it. All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll step back into it here and yeah. we'll, we'll just start winding down, I oh, guess. So well, we don't have to I, wind I've, down. I'm ready. I'm ready. I told you I could talk for hours. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I've got some. You got some questions. Some, some sort of uh, more fun questions. So they're not yeah, so much right. necessarily about the business and your mm-hmm. background so much, but just more of uh well well, you'll see so there's a and this isn't necessarily my specific question but i really like this question because there's a word um the word success Mm -hmm. and that means a lot of different things for a lot of different Mm -hmm. people so i'm just curious when you think of the word success what do you think of what comes (laughs) to mind i to be to be successful is to to sell all your product 
have a good time and enjoy the rewards that come after it, you know, of meeting that goal. Um, There's been a lot of times we haven't. A lot of times we left fruit on the trees that we wish we would have been able to get rid of. Mm -hmm. And that was always my father's thing is, well, we still leave fruit on the trees. Well, we didn't, towards the end, we didn't leave fruit on the trees. We picked everything. So success is, you know, being able to complete the task in the fire department is to put the fire out, Mm -hmm. make sure everybody went home, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. In family life, it's keep everybody healthy and, and safe and, you know, protected from all the evil things out there. Right. Um, so I guess, you know, it has multiple different meanings for me sure, sure. and in my life. So when you think of the word successful, mm-hmm. who comes to mind? Well, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of the guys I worked with for, um, my chiefs, some of my chiefs were very successful. Mm. Um, I have a couple brothers that are successful in what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, my uncles, my two uncles that were in construction, they were very successful. My father, my father did very well. He was very successful. I mean, he's ninety-two years old. How can you? How can you not be successful if you live to be sure. ninety-two? Yes, sir. Um, so you know, when you see people see that, you know, that's that's where I think that comes in. Gotcha. Love it. What What is one of the most important pieces of advice? you've ever received or have ever given to somebody or, or one of both one of both huh um and we could be talking years ago that didn't have, didn't have to yeah be like yeah yesterday. i'm just trying to think of i mean there's been so so much advice that's been given me yeah <laughs> um you know i i i think back to educational classes where you know um hard work hard work's always one of the you know you always want to you know we worked hard when we were kids. We had to get up and, and get up and go to go to work on Saturday morning. We had to we had to go you know out in the grove. We had to go out in the pasture. We had to fix fence. Yeah, you know. Then we could play. You know, yeah. we had property on a lake, so we spent during the summers we were at the lakes water skiing all the time. So mm-hmm. you know, um, just advice. I mean, I I don't know that I ever really leaned on anybody and had any real advice given to me. I mean, you know, I was probably given a lot of advice about, you know, don't, 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 don't let the money burn a hole in your pocket, which money always burned a hole in my pocket. Yeah, me too. And I was always free. I was always free to help and free to give, you know? Yeah. It was easy. It's easy to give somebody else's money, you know I mean? And I guess that, that might be one of those, you know, um, it's it's easy to be successful when you know money i i tell you i know what it is now money makes money if you have money you can make money if you never have the money you never can make it yeah yeah that is probably the best advice that was ever given to me and when we were successful in the kumquat business not that we're not successful even today because if we sell what we've got we've sold more than we've been successful um when we were able to, and we had the money, we, we could make money with that money. And that, that was why we were successful and able to get through this real lean time. Sure. 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 Gotcha. Okay. So what about, 
any daily routines? Do you have a structure to your day? Do you, um, do you, uh, do you do any types of, um, you know, yoga, meditation, exercising? Do you, like, how do you calm your mind? Do you, do you have any, any daily routines that, that you do? I have, I guess, a magic switch that just switches on and switches off. <laughs> okay. I okay. go from, I go from wide ass open to dead still. Okay. You know, when I get home in the evening, I sit in my couch in my easy chair and relax. Yeah. Turn the TV on. Yeah. Um, one of the things I like most now, and it's kind of goofy since, like I said, after after my PTSD um, that I kind of went through, which wasn't a lot. I mean, I, I, I used to kind of harass people about saying, you know, this really existed and it does really exist. And I do, sure, but sure. you know, I was brought up in hard, hard knocks, the yes, school sir. hard knocks. You didn't, you didn't take stuff, but, um, you know, the, the, um, oh gosh, what's the name of the, the Hallmark channel? Turn that on when you get home and watch it. Watch, watch the love stories. You know what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And I, my favorite thing to say now to my grandson is they're spreading COVID. They just keep kissing. <laughs> All these people just keep kissing. <laughs> they're spreading COVID. They need to stop. <laughs> yeah. But but it's watching, you know. And when I was at the firehouse, I did some of that stuff too. I mean, you know, I'd turn on the TV and watch watch um, um, uh, uh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah. You know, yeah. because it, you know, you got to have a relief. You got, and I, exactly. I just have a magic yes. switch that I can just turn on and off. I mean, mm. cause like I said, I, I went from being in charge of a fire department to being in charge of, of a kumquat business to being a father yeah. to being in charge of the fire department. You know I mean? Yep. I, I, yep. I went back and forth and yep. I guess I, I have the magic switch that I can just switch on and off or yeah. it doesn't, I have no, it's a gift. I don't, gift. I don't have a, um, go and meditate. I can't think about something that long. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I've got, you know, some of the best ideas, and I don't know if this ever happened to you, you lay in there sound asleep, and my father and I both experience this. And you wake up at one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. Ah, the aha moment, yeah. You know what? We could do this, this, and this. Yeah. And this is gonna make this better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that works. So yeah. If you have that ability, I think that's probably the magic trick yeah and you know sometimes you know who who is telling you that who who is giving you that advice sure i mean my mother gave me a lot of advice you know did i listen to all of it no but i listened i mean listen to all of it did i pay attention <laughs> pay to all attention, of it yeah. most yeah. of it but um you know uh she was she was a she was a hard worker my dad was a hard work is a hard worker still was was is still um you know, so I just learned it from them. I mean, my kids are hard workers. You know, they they dedicate themselves to their job. They don't, you know, go slouch around, call out sick just because they want to go do something else. You know, they go to work. They go yeah. to work and they do their do their job to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. You know, their reward is is they get a paycheck. Yeah. Who do you look to for inspiration? Is is there uh, your father? Maybe is there somebody the chief um, chief Morgan? Is there somebody that you look to for inspiration that you you draw on, or is it? I, I you know don't think really? I, I mean you know really I don't know that you know like I said it just you, I walk in the door and you I put flip this the hat switch on, on yeah. and and this is who I am I put this put get up and I put the boot you know the, the soldier puts his boots on yeah and he's a soldier yes sir he takes his boots off he walks off the base and he's a civilian yes sir you know he goes back he gets and puts 
you know, puts his boots on. He's a soldier. Yeah. The gun goes bang. Now he's, now he's, you know, a program killer. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I guess that's kind of what, I guess that militaristic life may have taught me that. Sure. And being involved in it at 17 years old may have, maybe that's what programmed me to that. I mean, my father was in the military. We, we didn't travel, but we, he was gone every, he was gone one weekend a month. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. two weeks out of every year, he went sure. to summer camp. So you know, maybe maybe that had some of something to do with me. I I don't yeah. know. I don't I don't I don't know. I mean, it's any not, good books you've read that that have sort of I'm framed big, some things. For I'm you not or? a big book reader. Gotcha. Okay. I'm I'm yeah. I'm too busy to be sitting around reading books. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I, hear I have you. a little bit of dyslexia. I mean, not you know, I have to read something a couple of times to to get it to burn in there. You yeah. Know? I mean, once I got it, I got it. I know? listen to books on tape a lot more than yeah. more than anything. Well, I I, yeah. I wish I would have done that. You yeah. know. Now my children are big book two of them are big book readers two of them are like me they you know they read one sentence and how many times you got to read it before it sinks in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like right. i said part of that laziness comes from educational ones yeah you know i was smart i was way up in my class when i realized but i wanted to fit in i wanted to be the i wanted to be with the the, the people i wanted to be with i didn't want to be with the book the book smart people yeah although i attended all the same classes they did because i was you know in that in that level of 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 brightness but i preferred to be hanging out with the the cowboys and the the country boys and sure. stuff to that sure instead of the intellectual crowd sure you know although i yeah I carried my your pocket, pocket protector, protector. My pocket yep protector. yep yep all right well i mean are there any any topics any questions about you specifically about kumquats that we haven't covered kumquat products anything at all you'd like to touch on I don't know. We've talked about so much. Yeah, we have. We have. And it's been fun. I've anything, really enjoyed anything it. Anything else you'd like to discuss? Um, I I guess one of the things that 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 I found out that I didn't know, you know, I mean when I when I go and talk, I don't I don't most people say you you know if you see me as me and you hang around me and then, you know, like the guys at the firehouse stuff and then they'd see me doing a program or something. I was two different people, you know, um, and I, I love to talk. I, I've always had the gift of gab. I love being a salesman when I used to go out, and that was another thing. I used to go out and sell kumquats to those fruit stands I was talking about. Mm-hmm. That was one of my that was my biggest pitch in in sales. That's how I learned to do sales mm. because if you could sell a kumquat, you could sell anything. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If I can get you yeah. to try a kumquat, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you yep. want, I'll have you in a new car by the time you yep. leave. Yep. But I but I'm not that type of salesman. <laughs> I could never do pyramids the pyramid things because i didn't believe in them sure i guess believing is what it is i guess i have the maybe it's the mystical powers of the kumquat that give me the ability to do what i do yeah and give my father and the successful mr durden there was a there was a couple that were in the business long before we were and they they had a very prosperous business um you know they they um when you Go Lake Ola Road where the cabinet shop is there on Lake Ola Road on yeah. the left. That used to be their processing plant for they processed the the, the late bloom, I mean the kumquats they put in the sulfur dioxide. Okay. And they had a hell of a business doing that. Really? Um, <coughs> they were very successful in that. So, you know, it's not something. And then the Petters had a business and, you know, but they were leaf business. You know, they were in it from, they were in it basically 
November, December, and then in January, then they, they didn't do anymore at that gotcha. point. Um, you know, so maybe it maybe it has something to do with that crazy kumquat. Maybe that's what what made, turned me into who I am and what I do. And well, I said it before, but whenever you talk about kumquats, your face definitely lights up for <laughs> sure. It does. Well, it's because it's because I believe in it. You know yeah, what yes, I mean? Sir. And and like I said, all the there's no bad in a kumquat. You know, other than that face you may make when you first bite into it but yeah. there, there's no it's not like the fire service where there's there's bad and trauma and sure. drama and you know war is hell and and you know the the stuff to that and life is life is terrible and people are people are painting the keister sometimes you know but this poor little old fruit just comes out there and just says hey man I'm a sweet tart you yeah. know come come give me a bite you know, yeah. you know come try me yeah you know and and it's been fun. It's you know, and when it quits being fun, I guess I you know, I, and I've gotten discouraged sometimes. I mean, this this season was very tough to walk out and look to the north and look at those poor trees that just wilting up and looked like they were all going to die. But sure. the last few days, the heat's been on and the fertilizers there and the the, the everything's just starting to kind of boil and bubble and looking looking better so we're hoping fantastic we're hoping that you know this they'll grow like heck now if they grow now they're they're going to put a late bloom a late crop on because they that's another weird thing about them they don't they don't like oranges will put fruit on new growth kumquats it takes a year to get the fruit to really come on the on the on the new growth but if they grow and flush now that it'll be the the um august september bloom so we'll get some fruit after after christmas next year so. oh nice okay awesome <coughs> well greg how can people find you how can people reach you we've talked about your website a few times i've given your address i know you're on facebook i i, I read some of your facebook stuff are you guys on tiktok as well like plug, we haven't we have all we, your places we, how can we, people find you we had a girl go put us on tiktok um those are the things that i want to learn that i need to know how to do those are you know electronics is what what gets you out there i mean you can be i mean you can do something silly on tiktok and yeah. and be and go viral and be viral yeah. and and have padded pockets and the you whole know world talking about kumquats all of a sudden yes yes i don't need them all to talk about kumquats right now yeah right. I, one of one of the things that i do have a big air break that i like to push on every now and then is i'm still growing and when i get back to where I have enough to supply everybody mm -hmm. then I you know and I may fall into something like that you know maybe maybe there's some way that all of a sudden a bunch of kumquats may appear appear here you know um maybe maybe be able to get some out of chili um where mm -hmm. I can get my mm -hmm. my surplus up to where I can you know yes they won't all be fresh from Florida but Kumquats from Chile are pretty safe because most of that is run by America. Run, it's based on American standard. Okay, you know they're okay. not they're not they're not using chemicals that we we don't accept because gotcha. they don't have the bugs and disease. They're kind of like California, mm, you know. Mm. They have a climate. They have a drier climate down there. Okay. Um. So if we could get a you know a large surplus of them, get my get my stock up where, you know, I can get back into the the 
get back into getting the breweries going with it, getting everybody that, I mean, you know, one of the hardest things is the week, week, two week, week, two weeks before the festival is when they're coming in there and they're wanting, they're wanting puree and they're wanting kumquats and they're wanting, yeah. because they're making marmalade. You know, it's not just kumquat growers making marmalade selling at the festival. It's, it's lots multiple, of lots of, well, they're not all locals, but mm-hmm. lots of statewide even people. They come oh. from, they come one, one of them comes out of Orlando, two of one of them comes out of St. Pete, one out of Tampa, really? one out of Sarasota. And they all come and uh, one out of um, up near Ocala, one over here in um, um, Brook, or Brooksville. They make their stuff, you know, and then they sell it at, at festivals and stuff as they go through the, the gotcha. year, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and they come and they want kumquat or kumquat puree. And, you know, sometimes we have it, sometimes we don't. You know, I mean, this year we we were very very stingy with it, and last year we were we were extremely stingy with it. But mm. you know, I don't mind them doing that because kumquat. I can't control the world about kumquats. I just can help it be a be a neat and interesting thing. Um, yeah, you know, introduce it. I like introducing people to kumquats. And, sure. And the um, as far as the getting on the you know, I. I've had some probably funny TikTok stories that probably would get would yeah, go, ver, go, sure, go viral, sure. you know. But um, you know, we um, one of the things if if you look at it, just um, when you get a get a time, we did a um, remember the ice bucket challenge? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, there's a kumquat challenge. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. And we did it. We we um we put buckets of ice we put over 400 pounds of ice in our in that big tub uh-huh and then we the four of us did different things in there uh-huh um to to for the ice bucket challenge or the ice challenge ice bu- ice that's challenge. just begging to be on tiktok and right? that was that was that was <laughs> well that was on that was on um 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 youtube it's, okay it's in youtube um, is it yeah, I you can I I found it recently, so it's it's okay. it's able to be found and um just do Goody I think in Kumquat and um, ice ice challenge and anyway we did it as firemen and it was it pretty hilarious it's awesome. it's it's funny it probably could do it would make it but it's it's pretty long it's all you know it had to be shortened to sure. get, to yeah. get into a TikTok but, yeah you know um there's there's fun things you know I mean it 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 um i don't have enough knowledge or of of the technology of this to to get you know sure um i need a i need somebody to just come be my friend and help me you know but i'm not ready for too much of it because too many people too many people you know, then you get them wanting to look for kumquats and they can't find them, and then they get mad at you. Yeah, you know? yeah, sure. You know, sure, sure. I mean, we've got to get where we've got the kumquats. We've got the right. The we got the beer in the in the coolers. We got the wine in the rack. The cider, the cider well, get, ready. Get, get to them go. back, and I'll I'll come and show you how to do TikTok. It's really easy. I'll show you how to do it. It's really, not that hard. Really, I'll show you. Oh, so plug good. your what? What's your website again? Plug your website. My plug. My website is kumquatgrowers.com. K u m q u a t g r o w r s dot com. Love it. And you're on Facebook as well. Is it Kumquat Growers on Facebook? Kumquat too? Growers on Facebook. Okay. Um. If you if you want a quick response, don't call us. Okay. <laughs> we also we also are um, tapped into um, Kumquat 
pie. Um, um, I don't think it's still, I think it's, we still have a Facebook page on that. And I think the dot com is still, still active in there. Um, you know, and then we, we do hashtag kumquat growers, hashtag kumquat, hashtag, yeah. um, kumquat pie. Yeah. Um, we're learning, we're learning on those now. Now I don't know about where, where else we need to go, but we definitely need, we definitely need all the, all the help and, you know, if you've never had a kumquat, you need to have. One. <laughs> I've never actually had one. Honestly. Oh my gosh! I've I would. I was going to bring one, one to you. It's okay. I, I was going to bring I, one I'll to you, over. and then I was going to. Now, so what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to do a thing. You'll have to get some kumquats. Yeah. And you'll have to video yourself trying yeah. a kumquat. Yeah. And you that have might to go on TikTok. You have to. You <laughs> yes, it will. It will. And and you know, I mean, get a bag of kumquats and go stand somewhere and have people try them and video them. Yeah, you know, because that's, that's what idea. they used to do. That's they used to do that. The the TVs and the 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 um, newspapers used to do that to get the people to see if they could. You know, we used to have a beauty pageant ta- tacked into the kumquat festival. Really? Yes. And um, one of the girls went and competed. One of the girls that won went and competed in. Um, the Florida, the really? uh, Miss Florida, wow. and she—I mean, okay. she didn't, didn't win, that. but you know, she. Well, but the lady that that used that took care of that was kind. Of, um, she got sick, and you know, it was a lot. Of, it's a lot of work running pageants. It's sure, yeah, it's a lot of work. But we, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I run into. It's funny. I we were at a fundraiser, um, fundraiser thing for a political person, and this um, for my niece who's who's a house representative from Polk County. Um, she was having a little fundraiser. And this girl comes up and starts talking to me, and I'm, you know, trying to trying to be – she goes, you don't know who I am, do you? And I said, mm, not really. <laughs> she goes, I was one of the kumquat, one of the kumquat contestants two years in a row. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now, I, I, you know, once she said it, then I, because I knew you saw it, but you didn't, because, you know, that used to be the thing. I used to have to go to the Kumquat Festival. And, you know, I mean, you know, it was, it's, I guess I like the, I, I guess I may like the limelight. I may like shining, but it's really more about the Kumquat itself. Sure. It's not, yeah, you know, it. I've been accused of being a, um, whatever, narcissist or whatever they call them or, oh. you know, but, but I, I, you know, look, I, I enjoy talking about them. I'll t- if you turn off the cameras and we talk, we'll talk just as long. If you'll sure. sit here, sure. I'll talk to you about Kumquat. I'm sure. I'm sure. And about my life. It's, I'm glad you asked me about my life. Cause I, I, my life was just a normal Joe life. in in my opinion, I don't know about that. I, you I know quite the well, eventful I, life, sir. You, you, well, you are I've lived a good life, yeah. uh, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, back when I was young, I used to, I was a pretty good water skier, you know, barefoot water skiing, solemn, you know, a little bit of trick, but mainly just, just enjoyed the water. Loved to swim. Yeah. Loved to fish, hate to catch. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Love like, to fish, hate to catch. Don't like touching like that? No, no, just don't like all the work that's involved in it. You, you catch <laughs> it, you, you this, and this saltwater fishing is really bad. Yeah. Because you got slots, you got who what's what's in season what's not yeah you know i like freshwater fishing you catch it yeah you know if it's if it's too small you throw it on the shore if it's too big you turn it loose or you put it in the frying pan yeah you know that's the part i never did like i never knew how to fillet i've learned how to fillet sure but i just enjoy being on the water and you know just the you know that probably is one of the 
one of the things that just I can go out and get in water and swim or just be yeah. there or just be near a waterfall or, you know, um, I guess if I could say how I, if I could do it every day, I'd go somewhere near a waterfall and walk by it and just enjoy sitting there watching the moving water. Or one of the coolest things is you ever watched a fire really burn up a piece of wood? The whole time, I mean, take that. Now, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about going there and watching some little stick burn up. I'm talking about watching a log totally oxidize. I have not. And totally, I, I mean, have not. you know, because that's 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 kind of a really cool thing to, yeah. to really watch it. Or maybe I'm a psychotic arsonist <laughs> and just you were hide behind the kumquat. <laughs> hide behind the kumquat. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. The kumquat arsonist. You know? <laughs> so you guys also have a gift shop. Uh, where people yes, can come and we, see you and buy some stuff. And, we, and we do have a gift shop. The sad thing is we've only got a few more days left um, because we're running out of fruit and labor's just too expensive to stay open. Sure. Um, so we're going to be closing on the um, the, tw- the 12th of, mm. of March, okay. um, which is just ne- next week. Um, the the gift shop carries all of our marmalades, jellies, salsas, kumquat pie, rosemary's kumquat pie. Uh, yeah, um, you know after I'm my mom, try that. It, yeah. it's delicious. It's awesome. It's like a you've had dream sickle. No, no, you've never had a dream sickle. Um, it's it's a taste of citrus, orange, and kind of. It's like eating a, a, a orange and a tangerine at the same time with I, okay. you know, with a just it's it's very good, okay. very good. And so that's at three four three two three. No, three one six four seven. Three one six four seven. Three one six four seven. Gotcha. Three one six four seven. Gotcha. Goody Road. Goody Road. And you know we're open from we're open on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays this weekend next. Um, we're open from from nine to four nine to four mm-hmm. and november we will be open every day of the week first first of november okay we'll be open monday through friday monday through friday nine to four saturday ten to four got it um of next season okay and we will still have everything there um if you need products we do have we do have um some local stores that do that do carry our products during the during the off season. Okay. We have Charlie's Market, uh, Charlie's St. Joe Market. Yep. Um, there on St. Joe Road, we oh, have yeah. um, we have the um, uh, Farmhouse Cafe in in Dade City. Um, Farmhouse Market and Cafe um, on Fifth uh, Street in Dade City. Okay. With the Jiffy Store in St. Ann carries our um, pies and some of our products. Okay. Olga's Rest Bakery and Deli carries the kumquat pie year-round. Huh. Okay. And we now have um, over in uh, Holiday, um, Starkey's Market is carrying our kumquat pie. Huh. Um, you are all over. Well, we're trying to get we, – we, we used to sell to Cisco, so we were in quite a few – um, things, but the problem with Cisco was we were selling to them, and we could we of course we don't have we didn't have the puree to support that now. But um, the problem with them is they wanted five million dollar liability insurance on it. And that oh. liability insurance is there's another thing when you're in our business you got to have liability insurance, which mm. that that gets pretty expensive. And what we were making off of the pie 
was paying that liability insurance, basically. One quarter of what we made when we were year-round, one quarter of it was just covered that liability. So we carry a $2 million liability on all of our other products, but Mm. that's just our standard standard that we carry anyway. And we we know nobody's, we hope nobody's ever going to collect $2 million off anything. Right. (laughs) Sure, 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 sure. (laughs) It'd be... It'd be a horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Our kumquat's not going to hurt you. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and right. everything else we have is good for you, you know. Yes, sir. If it's healthy, it's good. Yeah. 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 All right, sir. Well, God bless you, man. Thank you very much for joining me here today. We'll do this again um, next year um, or later this year, right around November when your season starts back up to get that that free advertising out there for you. So thank you so much for doing this. Um, Everybody at home, thank you also for for listening in. If you've enjoyed the show and would like to hear more like this, then please like, comment, and subscribe on the video. We will be bringing you a lot more content just like this one. I'm Eric Baker. I'm your host of The Art of Business. Thanks a lot for joining us. Bye for now.